Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Silver and Gold, we are back with episode 52, our official one year, one year of bringing it to your ear holes in a pig's carcass, daddy. I am the loaf, with me the zom and the gas. Happy birthday, happy anniversary, happy birthday to you, Silver and Gold. All right, so this week for our one year, we're going back to our <laughs> bread and butter, little Silva and Gold double feature. We're doing a Henry Silva jam, Megaforce. Not quite a Henry Silva jam, but he's in it, and he's very happy to be in it. It mm-hmm. seems. And uh, Dolph Lundgren movie, The Gold, if you will. I Come in Peace, or Dark Angel from 1990. Megaforce is from 82. So, we will get into those. Zom, how are you, sir? Um, I thought I was okay until right when you started talking, and then I just realized <laughs> by circumstance that I have cabbage ass. <laughs> cabbage ass? Yeah, I, had, I, had I didn't some, eat cabbage uh, either. I don't know. What's up? I had some... Uh, <laughs> I had to, I made some uh, rice aroni the other night, very classy. The San Francisco treat. The San Francisco treat. This rice aroni, sautéed and simmered. The flavor can't be beat. <laughs> rice aroni, the San Francisco treat. Um, I had uh, it was the cheddar and broccoli flavor, and I added my own broccoli to the mix, and boy did I poot later on, daddy. Uh, sounds good and stinky. You know, I always when you go to a Chinese restaurant, they always say, you know, you eat and then you're you you know you feel full, but then later you you, you get hungry because you yeah. eat a lot of rice and stuff like that. But then when I eat rice at home, I feel bloated, but I never I don't get hungry later. I just feel like bloated. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. It's a lot of carbs. I don't care. I just don't even give a shit. I like I was telling you before we went on the air. I'm just I I, I don't know. I don't care. I don't care about what clothes. I don't care about my, what I look like. I don't care about anything. I am free. I have found like goddamn utopia. <laughs> you don't care. It don't fuck. Nothing matters. I've had I've had a really fucking busy week. It's making me not care. <laughs> Training at work. Um, I guess I can make the announcement now. I've, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on from the world of independent cinema. Um, um, I am taking a full time position at Apple. 
what this means is no longer working as a manager at a, an independent theater, but I will only be working five days a week instead of seven <laughs> for the same, if not more money. So lots more fucking health insurance and free time to fuck and watch some movies. Yeah. And you, know, my, my, what you've been watching is lacking this week because of the busyness and the training and all that. So, uh, so what have you been watching this week? We'll get in right into it. Okay, people, silver and gold fans, been out there. There's another gnat. Like I said, I don't care. So I probably have to take the trash out. Um, I'm looking at that girl that's in uh, the Judge Dredd movie, Olivia Thurlby. Mm-hmm. Um, hot uh, or not? And some uh, sometimes, well, you know, I, her last I don't name. know. I can look her up. T H I R L B Y, Thurl B. Thurl B Y. I look. God damn! Where's these gnats coming from? Oh boy! Get out of here, you cocksucker! I didn't eat a banana or anything. Anyway, okay, let's do <laughs> some stuff. Olivia. I watched, Yeah, Olivia. Okay. okay. No, Go ahead. I don't want my nose or something. Oh yeah, she's cute. She was in uh, Juno. Yeah, she's cute. She's. Ugh, I hate that movie. <laughs> Stupid it's because you slut. hate Ellen Page. I hate pregnancy. It ruins everything. It ruins everything. <laughs> every man, I mean, yeah, whatever. I'm sorry, but, you know, that's just one man's opinion. Probably, um, probably more than one. <laughs> yeah. 99 and 44th, 100th percent dead. This is a John Frankenheimer movie, and John Frankenheimer is one of my favorite directors. Um, it stars Mike O'Kane. It stars Chuck Connors. And it stars some chick, and I can't remember what her name was. I posted pictures. She had was voted the hottest legs in Hollywood. And in this movie, holy shit, when she first walks out, I actually paused it and told my friend, I said, come here and look at this. And... Uh, <laughs> She's hot. She was on Johnny Carson with no bra on at one time because yeah. there's a picture of that. Chuck Connors is great in this uh, because he has no hand. So he has a mechanical <laughs> hand and he can put attachments on it. Pruding like, shears. Yeah, sexual attachments too. And he hooks an Uzi to it. So he doesn't actually have to like hold the Uzi with his hand. It just hooks onto the hand. Nice. And he blows the shit off you. How does, he, how thing- does he pull the trigger? Um. Don't fucking – it's stupid. <laughs> Don't fucking ask questions like that. Um, but the deal is – the thing about this movie is it seems like it was supposed to be a parody of like um, a parody – I was going to say gangster movie, sort of gangster movies. But it starts out that way right at first. But then it just like loses its way and forgets that and becomes a regular action movie. There's not as much par- – there's not a lot of funny stuff in it. So I don't know. It just – it's it's kind of a mess, but it's worth watching. Uh, not Michael Caine. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> it was Richard Harris, and he looks like shit. He's supposed to be, an, a, 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 I think, an American. And he's and this was when he was in his um, – he kind of had long hair, but it looked stupid. And he wore these fucking plastic-rimmed – like prescription glasses that were aviator shaped, but they'd look dumb. 
and it just he was not he did not look cool at all. I mean, he was supposed to be the hero too. Uh, so anyway, that's Frankenheimer. It's not one of his best efforts, but it's an interesting one, I guess. Um, next thing I watched was a movie called Overexposed. This was an old movie uh, from like the 1950s, um, and it wasn't bad. Meh, meh, meh. Meh. The one thing that was well, I've got this goatee which is totally fucking out of control now, and I haven't trimmed the hair on my nose in a while because I don't care. Um, <laughs> Maybe you can meet, make it meet your mustache. What make what my hair, my nose, the nose hair? It's like there. It, oh, nice. I can curl this thing on the ends at different levels. I can curl it right at the corners of my mouth. I can curl it halfway down to my chin, and it still looks like I have a long mustache, handlebar mustache. It's weird. It's just long. It's long, man. That fucker's long. Um, Overexposed stars a very young Richard Crenna. And he's not the main guy. He's the love interest, but he's not like the the chick in it is the main chick. And she wasn't that hot or anything, but it's basically um, uh, she works in – she's uh, like a, a, a photographer in these bars back in the 50s. They'd have a photographer go around like if you were there with your wife or your girlfriend or whatever, you mm-hmm. could – they take a picture and sell you the picture. And so she starts working for kind of like tabloids and stuff, taking pictures and gets in all kind of trouble. She's kind of a uh, the kind of person that is going to scam her way to the top. And Richard Crenna wants her to use her skills to work for the newspaper and be a good girl. Mm-hmm. But it's not bad. I mean, it's an old black and whitey. Uh, next thing I watched was God Bless America, the Bobcat Goldthwait uh, project. Um, if they thought that that trailer for the Sean Penn gangster movie where the guys are in the theater shooting people, they pulled that trailer. This movie has a scene in it where people are making noise in the theater and people stand up and just start shooting people in the theater. So, But anyway, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, I know what they were going for. Mm-hmm. And in the end, um, I still think he was – I think people are like, well – you know, he's starting to show that they're kind of being assholes. But, or, you know, but I think Bobcat knew what he was doing the whole way. You're trying to, uh, you're trying to bait me into doing something there. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. It'll just fucking disregard what I just – anyway, um, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. How was your flight, Don? It was all right. Uh, Uncle Kent. Um one of the many movies I've watched recently that has a character that reminds me of Jake McLarge Huge to his chagrin. And I don't know why. I'm not saying – I'm saying – Without honor huh? and humanity? Yeah. I'm not saying that everything the guy did in the movie reminds me of Jake. I'm saying that the guy's mannerisms and kind of the way the guy looked reminded me of Jake. I have Jake on my brain. I don't know why. He's all right. Uh, makes good meat. Mm-mm. Makes good meat. Watches good movies. Has a good dog. His woman's all right. Uh, she left the group. <laughs> she didn't listen to our fucking show. No, she, she, she left the group. She, she won't come banned. back. She got banned. For life. What? Yes, and I can't remember how to unban her. <laughs> Why did remember, you ban her? When I, did I ban somebody? Because it is a joke. Oh. Uh, 
Um, it, it just as a joke, she joined the group, and then right when she joined, she posted something like, "Oh, I finally own silver and gold or whatever," and I banned her, just like as a joke. <laughs> but then now I don't know how to unban people. Gonna, I was going to try because I uh, it was like a week or so ago. I was trying to put her back on there, and it said once you permanently ban somebody, you can't put them back on. Are we supposed to be talking about this on the air? I don't know. Whatever Who cares. She's cool. She's a nurse. She knows about buttholes. Um, <laughs> next thing, I yeah, she had a whole house full of them one time in Cincinnati. Uh, next thing I watched was a movie with Charlton Heston and David Carradine. I've officially and- removed her ban. Not, okay, well, at least you knew how to do that. Yori, you are back in the group. Congratulations. Can you put her back in the group? I just did. Oh, there you go. Well, son of a bitch. Sorry, it was a joke. It wasn't like a racist thing either. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Gray Lady Down. Uh, this was a movie that I watched when I was a kid. I remember like they had those Sunday night movies on the network. And this movie was on. And it didn't hold my interest because I was probably about, I don't know, fucking 10 years old or something. And I fell asleep. But now it's got Charlton Heston. It's got... Stacy Keach, and it's got David Carradine and Ooh. Ned Beatty. Ooh. And this fucking movie was good. It was good, and it had a lot of fucking suspense, Daddy-O. Uh, it's on Netflix <laughs> Instant Watch. Uh. And I found out a whole bunch of stuff about uh, the Navy and um, submarines and shit like that last night from my friend Ron, because he was in the Navy. So I know about their mustaches and shit now. They used to be able to have like the handlebar mustaches or beards and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they switched it. Now you can only have a very trimmed mustache to the corner of your mouth because they have to wear like uh, oxygen things sometimes wow. and fire suits and shit like that. And it has to seal. I would fucking uh, freak out on a submarine. Yeah. Especially with all that sex, drugs and stuff. Mm-mm. Porno magazines. Next thing I watched was a movie with uh, Hawkeye Pierce. And it's, uh, it's Alan Alda. And uh, he started in this movie with uh, Meryl Streep, and it's called The Seduction of Joe Tynan. This is on Netflix Instant Watch. Also, uh, I'd heard about this a long time ago. I remember seeing the trailer, and um, I thought it was, um, yeah, you know, when when you know it came out, it was probably like the early 80s or something, or maybe late 70s, early 80s. And, you know, I was, like, again, young, so I didn't fucking give a shit. It's not bad. It's a good political movie. shows how people can be. Seduced, as in Joe Tynan, who gets the seduction by young Meryl Streep, who's kind of a, I don't know, she's all right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. She's like one of the smarty, smarty girls like Diane Keaton that everybody wanted to screw because she was a really good actress, not yeah, just because yeah. she was hot, because she wasn't super hot. Um, anyway, next thing I watched was a movie called Victory with Willem Dafoe and Sam Neill. This was another tag team of them uh, because they were also in The Hunter, which was a favorite of mine from, I think, last year. Uh, this is – it's on Netflix and to watch me. Um, like on the front of the box, it says sensational and all this shit. It's kind of a Merchant Ivory movie to me. So, eh. <laughs> I know it wasn't bad. It's not bad. It's just, you know, I don't know. Lots of love. Um I know, and I forgot to write this down, that I watched um, Tulane Blacktop, but we've talked about that a lot, so I don't need to talk about that anymore. Uh, Blood on the Flat Track, which is a um, documentary, Netflix Instant Watch, 
about roller derby after I watched Whip It last week. I wanted to watch some roller derby shit. It's good. All the, most of those are good because they, uh, you know, the, there's uh, two or three roller derby documentaries, and they're usually pretty good because uh, all the girls are, you know, they're colorful and funny and fun. They have a good time. Uh, it's for good. Next thing I watched was a movie called <sighs> San Bab. Babila, San Babila or Twenty Un Delito in Utail. Okay, now <laughs> I don't know what that fucking means. I think I did it one time, but I didn't look it up. Um, this is a an Italian movie, and it takes place, I believe, in like the early seventies, and um, it follows these four, four or five, maybe even six. Uh, young guys and they're it would be almost like if Saturday Night Fever instead of them you know they go to the disco they dress like that and everything but they're fascists and they're assholes and they go around and 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 in Italy I guess at the time they had a big uh, like a communist well whether it was communist or not they were like the unions Mm -hmm. and these young guys the cops would look the other way uh while these guys would go and fuck with these union people, like if they saw somebody uh, on their own, like just walking with their girlfriend or whatever, they'd go and just beat the shit out of them. And they were just pieces of shit. They were just assholes. And the cops would be sitting right there and, you know, they'd call and say, hey, there's these guys are beating up, you know, da da da. And they'd be like, eh, don't worry about it. And they'd just sit there and watch them and everything. But um, it's pretty good. It's not great, it's interesting. Man, they're fucking assholes. And there's a redheaded girl in there who is so dumb. Um, she's just walking down the street and she wears these real high, like, kind of platform shoes and she can't walk in them. And she looks stupid walking in them, but she's very tall, long legged, big titty, red haired girl. And um, Oh, man, that sounds like the worst. She's, oh, but she's so stupid. And, <laughs> and they're just like, why don't you come with us? And she's like, okay. I'm really hungry. And she never stops talking. She's really blabbermouth. And they take her to this place, and they're just like right in front of her. Yeah, let's fuck her. You know? What was and the, the one name guy of the movie goes again? first. Whoa. Jesus Christ. What was the name of this one? San Babila or Twenty Un Delito in Utile. <laughs> okay. There's oh, no English, <laughs> English version. Well, an English motherfucker. Let me look it up. Okay. I know this isn't good podcasting, so you should sing a song while I look this up. Make it sound good. Tequila. I was up a bunch of shit, and Loaf had his Pee Wee Herman shoes that he got. He says they look like the baby goose. It's a baby. That, well, no, the Pee Wee Herman shoes actually had big. They were heel. they were they were platform. Yeah, they were uh, flamingo shoes or whatever. Okay, Daddy O, I just put all that in the way that I spelled it, and it probably won't bring up anything. <laughs> Son of a fucking whore! Come on, IMDb, we're on the air, you motherfucking piece of shit! If this thing fucking doesn't, oh my god, I'm gonna get pissed. I all right, it. anyway, we we can continue. We'll hey, figure it out. San Babila dash eight PM nineteen seventy six. It's directed by Carlo Lazani uh, and starring Danielle Asti, 
Bridge and Bridget Skay and Giuliano Cesario. So now you got that all figured out now, motherfucker? Made me fucking... San Babila, 8 p.m. from 1976. Yeah, youngsters, usual customers of a bar at a famous Milan public square, live through one day of madness passing between salts. Sounds interesting. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Check it out. And you know what? I might be able to get that to you. Yeah! Those. <laughs> okay, next thing. Daughters, Daughters. And this is an Israeli movie. Uh, and it was a big thing at the Cannes Film Festival sometime back in the fucking 70s or something. On Netflix Instant Watch. And it stars Shia Ophir. Uh, basically, the concept of this movie is this guy, he's uh, kind of a rich dude. And he's got like about six daughters. And he wants to have a son. And uh, it's got hijinks ensues as he's they taking virility, fertility medicines, which back then were like, you know, rub a lamb's dick on your fucking mouth or something. And you know what? I found this website that has people like people having women having sex with horses and dogs. Um, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> next thing I was a movie called The Grey, which we already talked about with Liam Neeson. And I'm serious. There is a part at the beginning that still, fuck, it almost makes me ball. Oh, my God, it's it's so sad. But anyway, and then there's a couple parts that still make me jump. Ball and jump. Sounds like sexual intercourse. I get, I get teary in that movie, too. Jesus Christ, that part at the beginning after the plane crash. Fuck a duck. Yeah. Now, I want this because I just remember this off the top of my head. I found a uh, uh, like uh, the Facebook of one of my ex-girlfriends and it's she has it set so you can't um actually you know you can just see the the profile picture her i guess she must have had a baby after i fucked her and her other daughter standing there holding chick-fil-a bags that's her profile pic fucking cunt fuck <laughs> next thing i watched was i mean i'm serious i was like what a fucking piece of shit scumbag um and this is the girl on our first date that told me that she did not like Asian people. Anyway. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, she was a bigot. And her parents both were the, the biggest fucking liberals I ever met in my life. I uh, liked them better than her, except for the sex. Um, <laughs> the sex with the parents just kind of sucks. Yeah, it's not the same. Uh, they were too liberal. <laughs> 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 uh, the next thing I watched was The Mummy with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. And uh, this is still, I mean, it was fun. I'm sorry, Sammy. It was fun. Uh, Brent, you know what was really fun about this was Brendan Fraser's clothes were awesome. And Rachel Weiss was hot. And if I could wear clothes like he wore in that movie, like every day, I'd look stupid. <laughs> it was cool for that thing. Um, next thing I watched was this was a fucking disaster, and it's a movie called Disaster Movie, which is a parody of movies, and like the main <laughs> character around like Juno. It also stars Kim Kardashian. Good lord! <laughs> oh my! God. And there's times where she turned to the side. Her ass is too big. I don't give a fuck for a girl that's built like her. Her ass looks weird. Um, it has a 1.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh. Bad dude, it's bad. It's fucking bad. Uh, we'll skip that one a little bit longer. Uh, Where did you even of- see that? Was it on instant? It was on TV. Uh, okay. And somebody else is watching it. Uh, next thing I watched was Limitless with Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro. Um, 
this is fuck. I don't know. You know, like somebody else posted on there. I like this way more than I should have. I watched it the first time I watched it. I liked it, and I just put it on because I thought, okay, I was gonna try and fall asleep, so I wanted to put on something that I had, you know, I could just lay on my side mm-hmm. away from it and listen to. It's fucking. I liked it anyway. Whatever. I like, I like uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, he's not bad. He got a little overexposed there for a while, but I think he's uh, getting a, getting underexposed. Uh, it's just because of the Hangover, probably. Oh, I, I didn't like that movie at all. Really? Um, I didn't I, like I, the Hangover too. The Hangover one I like. I never thought there was hardly anything in the Hangover that was funny. No. Uh, the next thing I watched was dun 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 dun, the Raid Nice. Oh my god! I still need to see that. Did you rent it? I got it on iTunes uh, for three ninety nine. I rented it, and I'm telling you what you'll you'll be able to prop your fucking iPad on your cock. <laughs> so, it has the kid from the movie we reviewed, right? From uh, Marintile. The story about this movie is, um, I guess when they were going to make it, uh, they had an idea, and the idea was it was going to be a prison movie. Well, they worked on that for a while, and it kind of fell through. So then they ended up making The Raid, or whatever it is called in uh, Indonesia. But, so because this was so successful worldwide, now they're going to make a sequel and it's going to be with like the same guy, and uh, but it's going to be the prison one. And he wants to make a trilogy, like you know, good, the bad, and the ugly, fistful of dollars, a few dollars more. He wants to do like a trilogy, so that'll be good because this was fucking good. You will shit. It's that good. You'll shit. I might fucking. shit anyway. Yeah, you already did. <laughs> shit again, man. Okay, now I watched the movie. I watched two movies this morning because I couldn't sleep. Um, and one of them was really good. It's an indie movie that did not have anybody in it that reminded me of Jake McLarge, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, <laughs> it's called Rid of Me, and it is on Netflix Instant Watch. I encourage you to watch this because I think you'll like it. And I think that our fans who have been listening to us, some of them for a year, some of them maybe not that long because this is our year anniversary. It's good. I really liked it. Um and right before we got on the air, I watched Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yay! Yay! God, this is a good movie. And it's it's um the way it's shot and everything sort of reminds me uh I don't know, kind of like Taxi Driver, but I can also see the uh like uh this uh, what's his name? Um, Joe Spinell, Maniac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just you- the way it's it's almost like you're watching kind of a docudrama. Like sort of a documentary, that, but man, I forgot about how. Oh, did that pick up? Nope. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it might have a little bit, but not too bad. The chair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, the blend. Mm. Mm, cabbage. <laughs> Julio Gallo. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> making a good, um, making a good Irish dish. Add some corned beef in there. Yes, yes. Um, I forgot how. At, at the very beginning, they show like just these bodies. They'll show one here, and then mm-hmm. they'll show one something. Then they'll show another body, but they don't show what happened. They'll show like a body laying out in the woods, but you'll hear like a clip of what happened when he was killing them. I like that movie and, a lot too. That body, but oh man, it's good. Uh, so anyway, that's it. Did um, you watch Red? Was, 
No, I did not. Okay. I was, I was looking at shit uh, with Carl Urban, and I just remembered when I watched Red the first time, the only thing I knew him from was Star Trek, where he plays Dr. Bones McCoy. But when I was watching Red, um, and I went and saw it at the theater, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Because I watched a a clip. It was a two-part clip from YouTube I posted uh, where they were interviewing the people that made Dread 3D. Mm-hmm. And Carl Urban's up there. Okay, when he's in Star Trek, I guess maybe because of the hair or whatever, or because he's doing a DeForest Kelly kind of a thing. When I watched Red, I was like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> he's kind of like Brad Pitt, and he sort of looks like him a little bit. In a strange way, his mannerisms with his face. And then after I watched it, I I watched that right about the same time I watched the first Expendables. And I swore then, and I think I will say this now, that I liked Red better than Expendables. And I didn't know who the fuck this guy was. And then I came home and looked up. I'm like, fuck, that's the guy from goddamn Star Trek. (laughs) And he's really good. So um, that's why I'm kind of excited to see him in... Uh, that's my next movie that I'm going to go see in the theater is Dread 3D. Uh, they said it sticks really close to the comic. It's really dark cool, uh, and uh, really violent. And uh, you don't have Sylvester Stallone saying, I am the You're not going to see Expendables 2? <sighs> Boy, I hate Chuck Norris. <laughs> I know some we've talked about on, on the – boards or whatever we call them now, forums, boards, Facebook pages that, you know, to separate. Uh, how much, how much someone- is he actually in it? Is, he, is it? is it a major role or is it more like the Mickey Rourke I'll, type? I, I, I don't like him, uh, but I don't know if I'll go see it at the theater, though. I don't know if I'm that excited about it. I'm excited to go see Judge Dredd. When does that what? come out? Same time? Huh? Does that come uh, out at the same time? Red comes out uh, next week. Okay. I'm next week. And um, Expendables 2 might be tomorrow. I haven't seen Batman. I still haven't seen it either. <laughs> I still haven't seen Batman. And I've heard nothing but good about Batman. Well, except on our fucking shit. Then <laughs> <laughs> everybody I know that's seen it's like, that fucking was so good. Oh, my, my wife saw it, wanted to go see it immediately after seeing it the first time. So. Really? She went and saw it with some friends, and she said, oh, my God, it was amazing. So, I don't know. Um, okay. So, what I watched, I watched one movie this week, beside, and I barely even got our movies in. <laughs> um, the only thing I watched, um, somebody actually got a, I got a login for HBO Go on the iPad, um, and they have a lot of fucking movies and TV shows on there, so it's pretty cool. But um, I watched uh, Hesher. The uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie, Natalie Portman, Rain Wilson. Don't mean to interrupt you, but when I was on fucking like looking at Shakira's ass and shit a little while ago, Hesher is on in the whole movie is on fucking YouTube. It's it's I liked it a lot. I don't I think some people had some problems with it, but um, the the character of Hesher, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is awesome. The character mm-hmm. of Hesher is a big asshole. Like he's pretty much a piece of shit, but. He'd be like fit into silver and gold. Yes, he would. Um, I, I, I liked Natalie Portman a lot, and Rain Wilson was very good too. Um, this was good. I liked the the old lady that's in it. I don't know her name, but this movie was. I liked it. Good stuff. Um, definitely recommend this one. Have you seen this one? No, no. 
I, I didn't hear good things about it. I liked it. I thought it was I cool. I love it. He's awesome in it. I mean, his shirt's off half the movie, and he's got these fucking awful tattoos, but I think they're supposed to be homemade or something, and everybody drives a shitty car, and which is pretty funny, and uh, I don't know. It's, That's it, what, like, if they made the Henry portrait of a serial killer, he was driving this piece of shit car. Yeah. Like, if they made that today, he would be driving a vintage Mustang. These cars are all, like, uh, like those old Chevy hatchbacks and stuff from the mid-'80s and, yeah, stuff like that, so... And he drives he drives this old ass van. Um yeah, but he's a piece of shit. But the movie's definitely interesting. Um it's good. It's just about these you know, dad dad and son kinda getting over their they have oh, gr- grief no grief for it. one one particular uh-huh. thing and you know, obviously Hesher doesn't give a shit and kind of Oh, okay. I thought maybe he was the one that was No I thought he, these dad things and you were having a moment. Were no, you having no. a moment? Uh, no, way. no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It's not really a dad. I mean, I guess it's a father and son, but it's not really about their relationship. It's about both of them getting over something. They, they're they're <laughs> grief stricken over something, which I won't reveal because it's part of the film. <laughs> did they did they bond over the fact that they hated Joseph Gordon? <laughs> 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 that's that's a, well, okay. We hate each other, but we need to bond over something. What can it be? <laughs> we hate this little fucking hairy fuck. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. Uh, uh, there's a really funny part when. When uh, Hesher's standing in the kid's room, the kid's supposed to be like 14, I think, or 13. He's like a freshman in high school. And uh, Hesher's standing in his room, and he's like, just get out of my room. And Hesher's like, there's one more thing before I go. He's like, just get out. He's like, one more thing. He's like, what? And like Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes, and like farts and like does a little squat and then like walks out. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Um, So, yeah, that was it. Oh, and Zom mentioned it, but... I got some boots. <laughs> Are they boots? Yes, they're boots. Um, oh, I guess they kind of. Yeah. yeah, so my wife, it's funny, we had this conversation this week, and I was like, I feel like getting those fucking Stacy Adams, Stacy Adams, Madison boots. Look them up. Um, I said, I feel like getting a pair. My, mom, my wife's like, maybe we should just wait until Christmas and blah, blah, blah. It's because right when I thought this, she was fucking ordering them as a surprise. Um, so I got a pair of drive boots and they're pretty awesome. I got the white ones, not the taupe ones. I got some boots. And what Zom thinks, I got some boots. <laughs> um, and I got some shades too. I'm becoming, I'm becoming baby goose with a dumb mustache and a fat gut. <laughs> I still don't have the drive jacket though. Maybe someday, maybe someday. Um. So yeah, that was it. Uh, why don't we take We're kind of rambling here. Let's take a break and come back and review Megaforce. Yay! Yay! We'll be right back. When I come home after a hard day's work, there's nothing better than listening to outside the cinema. I like to draw a bubble bath and get in there and play with the bubbles. And Sometimes I fart in the tub and some of the bubbles come up and I'll scoop a bubble up in my hand and I'll pop it and smell my own fart. I like to smell my asshole. Coming out his asshole.
Think back now when we were young. There were always tears at the birthday party. You know how children can be so cruel. That's how it starts. But what if we never learn how to? Happy birthday, Silver and Gold. Our first film, film review will be Megaforce from 1982. The silver half of our Silver and Gold double feature. Directed by Hal Needham. Story about a rapid deployment defense unit that is called into defense that is called into action whenever freedom is threatened. <sighs> now I had seen this before. Zom. Hey. What did you think of Megaforce? Um Well <laughs> I don't recall seeing it. If I did it what it what I wasn't okay. This is nineteen eighty two. I graduated high school in eighty four. I know I didn't see it at the theater, um, and I think because it looked like a piece of shit, that that's probably why I didn't see it. But for some reason, it's probably been on HBO or cable in that from then till now, and I probably saw parts of it. I don't remember but anyway um okay now this movie was the creation of mr hal needham there ain't nothing like life of a hollywood stuntman stuntman uh this was burt (laughs) reynolds roommate and best friend he was like one of the great stuntmen of our of that time that era 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 um he uh, did a lot of the stunt work on, you know, Smokey the Bandit, Hooper, and all that, if not all of it. He was the coordinator and everything. And he kind of almost became, well, he not almost did. He became famous for being Burt's buddy. And at that time, uh, when the big stuntmen thing, like you had the Fall Guy with Lee Majors um, and all the stuntmen shit, like Hooper and movies about stuntmen and everything. Um, and he became famous then. Uh, he just – he put out a book, uh, a biography, I don't know if it was last year or year before because he was on the Adam Carolla podcast. And it was pretty cool because he told – he has a lot of stories to tell about Bert and about making movies and shit like John Wayne and all kinds of stuff. Um, so it was pretty interesting. Uh, now, he made this movie, and from what I understand, from what someone told me, <laughs> they had Burt Reynolds tagged to play the part of Ace Hunter. Now, who is the. No, this ahead. is what I was going to say before, but I said, but let's save it for the recording. Could you imagine what this movie would have been like if Burt Reynolds played <laughs> played this role? Well, while, while I was watching it, and I had that in mind, there was a lot of stuff that I thought, <laughs> okay. 
I could see Burt Reynolds saying that stupid shit or, <laughs> or, you know, and I could see Jam Michael Vincent playing the Michael Beck part. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, because those were the two guys. Hoopered it. Yeah. They could have hoopered it. They could have, they could have rehooped. Uh, so anyway, so it's fun when you watch it now, it's fun to, to watch it and see that because you can see, um, you can see how Needham's fucking hands all over this. If you've seen Hooper, if you've seen Smoking the Bandit, that kind of sense of humor. Um, now, of course, they had writers. I mean, they had the guy that you know wrote the story and the screenplay and brushed it up and all this shit. But I guarantee you, there was a lot of shit where they would say, you know, how Needham would be directing and say, you know, it'd be really funny if they did this or if they did that. Or because I mean, he's one of the credited guys on the you know the screenplay too. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's get down to it, daddy-o. Uh, Michael Beck is in this, and he was the main guy in The Warriors. Yeah. Um, and he also had a short-lived TV show, which was a takeoff sort of of Miami Vice, but it was called Houston Nights. His guest or his, his uh, partner in the movie, Michael Pere. Nice. Um, Perret was like the New York cop that got transferred to Houston, Texas, and Michael Beck was the redneck cowboy <laughs> cop. And uh, they, but the funny thing was, they hated each other. They were, they were like, "Fuck you, Lundy," you know, <laughs> and you know, Michael Perret. So anyway, now, um, this movie is very much uh, it's super duper tongue in cheek, and I think that. People, if you if they went first of all, I could see that they kind of um, they made it number one. I think so that it would appeal to kids. Yes, Uh, it does have a little bit of adult humor, but not a ton. Um, This could be rated PG, no no problem. Yeah, and now I don't know if it was if it. If they had in mind that they were going to merchandise the shit out of this, but if I remember correctly, they sold, they tried to sell those like toy cars that would be like the dune buggies, the fucking motorcycles and shit like that, and the little action figures. I thought they did, I you know, almost like they did Star Wars, and the, but the movie fucking flopped like a motherfucker. The early it, '80s were a bad time to try to release uh, action figures because at the time. Star Wars action figures were fucking gigantic. So mm-hmm. it's like anybody... Now, G.I. Joe came along like 84 after Jedi had already come and gone and was able to catch on. But before that, right. it was fucking hard to sell action figures because the Star Wars were everywhere and they were like... Yeah. They were less than a buck a piece yeah. and there were so many of them. So I, I and imagine that, that it was... was the- Second incarnation of GI Joe, though too. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I meant the I meant the smaller, not the big GI yeah, Joe, yeah. but the yeah. the smaller the ones that got popular in the eighties. But this movie, I mean, it had a, a fucking huge budget because it was basically there was. I think did we review? Didn't we review? Maybe we didn't review. Uh, it was like a low budget movie, but all it was was like everybody in the movie was a stuntman. And or maybe Jake or Will or somebody turned me on to it. USA. Yes, we didn't. And it was that, just all yeah. stunts, stunts, stunts. <laughs> and this was sort of like that because it, went, it had a twenty million dollar budget. It says estimated. Now it only it, it made fucking five million. Where the so hell did that twenty million go? <laughs> well, but it had to have been me, renting planes and making shit explode. <laughs> 
fucking tanks. I mean, it, it, it had goddamn shit like you would have in the movie Patton. I mean, they had all these tanks, and, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. they're out there on this goddamn desert or fucking salt flats or something like that, blowing up shit constantly. Um, yeah. So nah. they're in this fictional country called Gamibia. And, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, they were laughing, making all that shit up, you know. The story is uh, – the story seems to be – so this this seems. megaforce is – It's like the UN. They're like except- the UN, but they're, they're, they're all about preemptive strikes apparently. But they're they, – um, It's Ronald Reagan-esque era shit. Yeah, so Henry Silva – I don't know if he was supposed to be a communist. He's definitely Hispanic because he yells this really horrible Spanish sometimes when he gets angry. Yeah. But <laughs> and he's kind of like a mercenary and he gets hired by these countries to come and overthrow governments. And this is his latest venture, I guess. He's in, like Saddam Hussein with a smile or something, you know. He's and he's you, friends you think, with Ace. Yeah, I thought you thought he was going to be this just just to Now, he's he's feared and everything. And, and he's almost like Genghis Khan or something like that. But then when they when they show him, he's just fucking happy go lucky, <laughs> and it's it almost reminds me of those um, GI Joe cartoons mm-hmm. because I remember now I didn't watch those, but my friend did, and he said that like they 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 wouldn't show like any of them getting killed. They'd oh, have like never. laser blasts yeah, and they yeah. just stun the guys or something like that. And it was sort of like that where you never really saw any bodies or anybody really getting killed. I mean, they'd throw a goddamn grenade in a tank, but everybody would run out. Now that happened in GI <laughs> Joe all the time. A, ta- a car, yeah. a, a plane would explode into a fireball in midair, and you'd see the the parachute on th- off to the side every time. Now Barry Barry Bostwick, he was one of these ones that was um, he was just kind of around. He was always on TV shows, and like they'd have a pilot for something or a show that would last for a short period of time, and it would go off. But he's a handsome guy and everything. Now. I took a note and I made sure that I wrote this down because I said that Barry Bostwick looked like Olivia Newton-John with a beard <laughs> because he has this fucking, um, this fucking hair. S- styled, uh, big puffy styled comb, comb back hair uh, that's like windswept. But he wears like a bandana. It reminded me of that. Let's get physical. He wears that, that rolled like 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 thin cloth blue like bandana, and it ties in yeah. the back. It hangs out of his. And it, yeah, it's not even a bandana. Hair. It's just like a piece of like a, a spandex that they ripped off something like their their uh, their workout tights. He took it now, off the leg of one of the guys on Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like they're tights. But then the thing is, the the, the mega force where these fucking gay, or I don't want to say gay because I'm necessarily yeah, they're pretty gay. gay. There's gay. some there's some definite well, like, you know, homoerotic stuff going on in this movie. They wear these they wear these tights. It's like a, it's like a a a jumpsuit, but it's like that spandex uh, that like the aerobics girls wore back then. A lot of people wore them. I mean, not just <laughs> it's the girls. a full body suit. It's a full body suit with motorcycle boots, and it and it's like a tan or whatever. Now I didn't see, and I was looking because you know I always just for this kind of show. I didn't see a lot of really you know when I watched the Olympics. Jesus Christ, I saw some of those guys that were running, and they'd have their cock. You could tell if they had a big cock <laughs> because their cock would they they would have it like fucking going up, uh, sort of off to the side, but going up, and it would be like almost over toward. 
their lateral oblique, you know. But in this, I didn't see anybody that had really what looked like a giant impressive cock. <laughs> so that was a little disappointing. <laughs> but then again, you know, and, and they must not have been – I don't know if they were wearing underwear or not because I didn't see anything. Yeah, there was no lines. Boswick had to have no, – either he was either commando or wearing a thong. Yeah, or, or like a G-string because I couldn't even see where like there would be a thong or anything. Okay, now – Michael Beck's character was sort of I think uh, he was supposed to add some comedy relief, but he was kind of the redneck guy. Mm-hmm. He shows up out of the blue uh with a cowboy hat on and his name is Dallas. And he talks and he's talking about this now. But then now there was one part he he was um he was not obsessed, but he thought it was funny. They had a hologram that they could just press a button and if they were out in the middle of the desert like this <laughs> Big picture of this girl in a bikini going in the ocean and everything. But there was one scene where they were showing off to uh, this British uh, general or whatever, uh, you know, the plans for this thing and everything. And they showed him this hologram. And he was like, oh, you know, that's very impressive. And And Michael Beck's just like, you think that's impressive? And he presses this thing and this hologram of this fucking cartoon pig, (laughs) this huge pink (laughs) Cartoon pig that has clothes on that has a great big beer belly and it's like belly sticking out and it starts and it's just like like farting and laughing and rolling around and he starts laughing it's and so they're just stupid. like looking at it was so stupid yeah and um, now um, they had one scene um, it was almost like love at first sight kind of a deal where mm-hmm. Bostwick is the 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 kind of roguish leader uh, the, the Burt like Reynolds a, if you will. Yeah, the Burt Reynolds. And and this girl comes with a British general, and she's a, a military person too, although she looks like a fucking supermodel or something for her time. And um, they butt heads a little bit in a flirtatious way. I, not in a flirtatious way at first because I think she thinks that he's an asshole and he's real – even though you know how girls are. If the guy's a dick and he's egomaniac and a jerk, they secretly – their pussies are fucking like – dripping or something and uh, <laughs> so anyway it doesn't take too long for her to see him and his fucking smooth ass and his spandex and the next thing you know they have a silhouette love scene where it's like all you see is their silhouettes and they're talking and they come oh. together and everything. now they do this this really fucking stupid ass thing where after they finally kiss and they just met they hadn't even known each other for like you know just a very short period of time, and they kiss, and they decide that they're that they're soulmates. Where they, the, the, if one of them's going to do something, they'll like do a thumbs up, but they'll kiss their thumb and then give the uh, thumbs up yeah. and do it to the other one, which is so stupid. It was fucking it's so horrible. dumb. <laughs> like now, this movie, this movie, it's like the first half is just kind of like them talking about the fucking Delta Force. I mean, the Meg- Mega Force, and. Like nothing, nothing really happens outside of the target practice. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and, that, and I think there it was sort of like there was a lot of stuff that it was just stunt men showing off stuff. Like when they were shooting those targets, here they come on these so stupid looking motorcycles. Yeah, they they're, they're like popping wheelies and shit, and they have they have rockets on their motorcycles, which is dumb. And they, they put these balloons go flying by, and they like skeet shoot them. They have to they have to do wheelies in order to. <laughs> To shoot. In order to shoot, because otherwise they'd be shooting in a straight line. They can't aim these guns, so they have to do a wheelie in order to fire into the air. Um, now, I read that they said that, like... Um, there was a good payoff with that, 
with the the rockets on the on the motorcycles though. I did I did get a kick out of uh, Bostwick some of the shooting going everywhere. <laughs> Vomiting. <laughs> Those fucking yeah. rockets were just like toy bottle rocket deals. You used to be able to buy these rockets, and they weren't they weren't bottle rockets. They were shaped like rockets, and 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 you loaded them up with powder, and they had like a little parachute on them, and you could set them off in your backyard, and they'd go way. I mean, God, they'd go fucking way far up in the air and then the parachute would come out and they float back to earth and everything um but they had those and and i actually read that they they were just toy rockets and they put them on these things but they (laughs) went to the military like the u.s military and they said you know hey uh you know we want to your cooperation and everything can you help us out no and they and i think they kind of were like no (laughs) and um but um you make us look like gay assholes yeah they did give them tanks but so they, the, the people that created the movie came up with these dune buggies and motorcycles and shit. And then after the movie was over, the military was like, hey, can we check out those designs? So they were actually <laughs> using some of that shit, I guess. Um, now, um, Especially the motorcycles. <laughs> you knew right off the bat that it was kind of tongue-in-cheeky when Silva, the, the political, um, the, the political um, officer – it's almost like a Russian deal where, because you know, back then in the in the in the early eighties, Russia was the evil empire, and Ronnie Reagan was getting a big heart on. I'm going to fight those commies when he he used to fight them in the fucking Hollywood and ruin people's lives. I wonder if this is um, supposed to be Afghanistan. Maybe, maybe, uh, but you know, they don't the, really like touch the, on the countryside at all, though. Outside of you've now declared war on this country, but yeah, uh, but it, the. Um, Right off the bat, you knew it was tongue-in-cheek because the political officer is giving a speech to the guys in the tanks, and Silva's just sitting there yawning and, like, <laughs> cutting his, you know, looking over to the guys like, Jesus Christ, I wish he'd shut the fuck up and shit. Um, that one general, how about that one part where the British general, like, the mega force is getting ready to take off, and the girl's sitting there, and she kisses her thumb and gives Boswick the thumb, and he kisses his thumb from the back of the plane, gives her the thumb. And then that fucking big, goofy general guy comes walking over with his beret on and his uniform, <laughs> and he has, he has these big woman's sunglasses on. <laughs> his glasses like, are so – they're like fucking great. naval oranges on his eyeballs. Yeah, my mom used to wear those, like, back in the early 80s. <laughs> um, uh. They did have some lasers in this, which, you know, they had a lot of um, rockets and shit like that. But if you had those goddamn lasers, why not use the fucking lasers? Um, now, there was one part where they would show the dune buggies. They would go in and attack like a ammo dump or something or yeah. a place where they had. And those dune buggies, it was kind of cool because they had the four wheels just like a car. But they had this one wheel thing in the front. To help that them rotate, like turn quickly. Just, yeah, they could just turn real quickly. So that was kind of cool. Maybe that was um, what, maybe it was what the U.S. military ended up using that yeah, the thing maybe. to turn the car around in a hurry. They had um, okay. Now, of course, Hal Needham had to throw his his old ass into this. He was the guy that the drove in the the, the command, command vehicle. The command vehicle. He also he also got a um, a skull plug in there because he. I, I don't even. I, I think still at this time he owned the NASCAR team that was sponsored by Skull. Like skull, oh yeah, yeah, yep. skull, yeah. So yeah, Michael, Michael Beck, Beck has a has a skull T shirt on. Yeah, that you said skull, skull, like a, a skull. Um, <laughs> and oh, there was one part. It must have been a fuck up, and they decided. I think Needham probably laughed and put it in there just to fuck with the guy uh, when they were attacking that thing. This one guy, uh, the bikes, the motorcycles are basically like dirt bikes, and uh, one of the guys just fucking 
kind of on his own just wrecks and falls off and how Needham says something about, yeah, got that on tape. I have to send it to him and to his family or other. Ha ha ha. You know, and you know, it was probably just one, they were supposed to do that. And the guy fell off and they put it in there as a, as a ha ha. So the guy, um, Silva was fucking going off on this one guy in Spanish. And, and the guy says, Hey, you know, and Silva goes, I don't care if you don't speak Spanish. You know, he's talking to this guy, just reaming him out in Spanish, and the guy doesn't even speak Spanish. And he's like, I don't care if you don't speak Spanish. Kind of like John Lovitz. His accent was fucking... I don't know what was going on with it, because sometimes he would yell, and it was it was Brooklyn. And then sometimes yeah. he would yell, and it would have a Spanish accent. And then sometimes, I, I mean, I guess it was Spanish. It, it kind of sounded like it. I'm not sure if he knew Spanish or not, but... Well, this one dude was going off on him about something, and he just goes, don't want to hear it. <laughs> don't want to hear it. You know, it. It was just like funny. It, it, it just seemed to me like he was just fucking just having a good time and just acting stupid. Uh, like how Edom probably said, hey, I'll just fucking go out there and, you know, just fucking. Because it didn't, it, it sort of didn't make sense because there were, they were supposed to be trying to, to, to get Silva because he would go like across the ra- raids across the border yeah. into this other country and then he'd go back and they couldn't do anything because like this is like the UN they didn't want to start a big war. Well, so they were supposedly trying to get him. Well, then he just shows up and walks right. I mean, like lands his helicopter, walks right down to the megaforce guys and he's all by himself. And you know, they could have captured him or they could have fucking shot him or whatever, killed him. But him and, and uh, Ace Hunter, they were like Boston. military academy together or something. So they're I friends. I think there was more to it than that. I think they were like <laughs> each other. It's like you know, because I mean, it was just like they just loved each other. They loved each other. You know, it was weird. I've um, never. I'm not sure I've ever seen Henry Silva so animated and excited as in that scene in particular. His hands are up in the air, and he's like, hey! And he's like yeah. chewing on a cigar, and as a, goofy. the other funny scene was the, the guy he it yelled at. Fit. It didn't make sense <laughs> when he's playing chess, and the fucking look that he gets on his face when the guy leaves to go get a drink or something, and he cheats and moves his pieces yeah. around. That fucking he's like, look, it looks like he was trying to shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I cheated, yeah. <laughs> um, now, there was one part where the, they had this big uh, cargo, like the hercules i don't know what the hell they what kind of i uh, can't remember they called him hercules uh they they could carry like tanks yeah, or yeah, this, yeah. the vehicles or anything they come there's two of them that come to pick them up the guy that was flying the one is this actor robert fuller and not the wrestler uh, right. <laughs> <Tennessee> <laughs> Lee, uh but robert fuller was a, a big uh like Western uh, actor back in the day. And he also, there was a TV show called emergency mm-hmm. with uh, Kevin Teague and uh, Randolph Mantooth. And it was about the, um, the, 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 the kind of like the uh, paramedics for a fire department. And Robert Fuller was the uh, main doctor at the hospital. And he was always pretty cool. He had a, there was a motorcycle movie he was in too, where he got out of the army and his buddy had died and had a chopper and he got the chopper, but then the guy's old gang was trying to steal it from him. Shit. Um, there were some, there were some cool stunts in this. There was a lot of explosions that the tank things were pretty cool. Cause there were so many big tanks and everything. Um, lots of jumping motorcycles over shit. Just, just because <laughs> there's stuff. In it. Um, there was one scene where, where how Needham's like, check this out. And uh, there's like all the motorcycles are lined up. There's, it looks like there's about fucking 50 of them and they must have like smoke bombs or something in their clothes. 
<laughs> that and was just, awesome. <laughs> I don't know how they could ride because like the smoke was getting on them. You know how they have every you see? motorcycle had a different color smoke. It, it was it like did nothing at all. <laughs> it, 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 it of course because it was the gay rainbow and they were dressed like a bunch of uh, I don't know what the hell like some guys at Fire Island or something or the Castro or something. Uh, oh my anyway. god. And then there was one scene where these guys were sneaking up on the command thing. Hal Needham's in there in his um, Smokey and the Bandit silver foil jacket. <laughs> and he goes, are you expecting company? And the other guy goes, no, I ain't expecting company. And he goes, hey, I got something for them. And these guys are setting up like a bazooka they're going to shoot the command vehicle with. And he has some kind of a thing, and he just presses buttons. And, and they, disappeared. they just disappeared. He goes, <laughs> It didn't show uh, what happened. Well, they're going to put war out of business. I'm like, yeah, was that a bad thing? You know, so anyway. uh, that's all the notes I have. It was really, it, like I said, it, it, it just seemed like it was really goofy. But if you go into it, um, it's, like I said, if if I had watched this back then, knowing you know Hal Needham, he did Hooper and Smoking the Man and all that shit, and then watched this when I was a kid, I'd have thought, God, what a piece of shit, what a turd or whatever. <laughs> but watching it now, I laughed a lot watching it and had a good time. What this was, this was a so bad it's good movie <laughs> because I, I, I need to watch this with a group it, of people. It just didn't take itself seriously. Yeah. And and Bostwick, you could tell. I mean, he was just doing his best, almost like a Captain Kirk, over the top. <laughs> he's stupid. so hammy. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, so when he's yeah. flying off in the plane, I posted a clip of it. I recorded. I played it on my iPad and recorded it with my iPhone, and I posted it on the group of them of them like doing the thumb kiss the first time, and the little yes. like twirl he does to get on the plane. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, when he's flying on the motorcycle, and and he and, and he can barely control a thing because he's never used it before. But then he starts doing a goddamn. He just goes all the way around, upside down, and they're like, "Come on, come oh on!" Oh my god! Okay, so you can tell he's just in front of a screen. It looks really cheesy. Michael Beck, they make him into the biggest fucking redneck in this movie, but. Um, he sounds kind of like Woody Harrelson, his accent. I don't know if that's his real accent or not. He did not do it in I Warriors. He's from Texas, I'm pretty sure. He's from Tennessee. I looked it up. Oh, Tennessee. Okay. Um, well, he's a redneck. But um, he wears this giant fucking tall-ass cowboy hat. I mean, I've the top of this thing, there has to be like a foot of air between the top of his head and the top of his I hat. I had a cowboy hat like that <laughs> when I was like in junior high. <laughs> Honest to God, that was back in the urban cowboy days when everybody was wearing that shit. Oh, my God. Yes, I did. Um, And uh, in in true Needham style, and and I I could uh, imagine uh, Burt Reynolds cracking up at it, they had to get a racist joke in there when uh, the British guy sees there's a black dude in it that apparently is like a genius, but he's listening to headphones, and the the British guy goes, Gladys Knight and the Pips? (laughs) And the guy's like, no, Vivaldi. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have, we haven't had a racist joke on the show in a while. So, Well, they had to have, like, uh, because it was supposed to be, like, the UN, they had to have a Japanese guy, a black guy, an Italian guy. Yeah, so everybody wears, really their, everybody wears their country flag on their shoulder, and fucking Beck has a goddamn rebel flag, the dumb hick yeah, rebel flag. Yeah, he puts on that his- on his fucking uh, motorcycle antenna or whatever, uh, and I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, the target you know, practice. Beck was, is, he's sixty-three years old. Fuck. Wow. The, the the wheelies to do the target practice were so ridiculous. Um, 
That was stupid. But yeah, the, the comic, the, <laughs> the comedic stuff, it was stupid. A lot of this movie is really stupid, but I laughed at how awkward some of the comedy was. Yeah, like was the funny. Rubik's Cube gag they do. Um, of course, it's the black guy again because we still don't believe that a black guy could be smart so he can solve a Rubik's Cube in like two seconds. Um, there's the knife throwing thing, which was kind of weird. The guy's just reading a book and the guy's just throwing a knife into the wall right next <laughs> to his head. <laughs> But he's so good. Yeah, and then the Bo- Bostwick thinking about thinking about what's what was her name? Um the Indian actress. Uh slipped off that I don't remember. Now. I have a movie called Death Dimension up on my screen here, a Jim Kelly movie. Uh the pig has a plan to eradicate some people with a freeze bomb that instantly freezes people to death. I need to pig. see this movie. Um Megaforce. Persis Kambata. She died of a heart attack at the age of forty nine. Um Fuck. She was in Star Trek. She played the the bald lady in the original. Oh Star yeah, Trek. yeah, yeah, yeah! I remember the bald lady. That was a big thing when that first came out. That this chick shaved her head. Yeah, there's a picture of her online. I found of her actually getting her head shaved. Um, the, uh, but you know, like him thinking about her there, and he's like, "What? I didn't hear you." And he's like, "You know, I did kind of laugh at that." Beck saying something about he said something. And and Bostwick goes, that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He's like, you said it. He's like, dumb and magnificent. Was <laughs> it blue and re- something about blue and red? <laughs> oh, God, I can't remember what it was. I, I, I remember that. I was going to write it down. I like it's something. I like I like Bostwick. I, I knew him really only from uh, Spin City. He played the like very eccentric mayor on that show when Michael J. Fox was on there, and he was really funny on that show. And I, he's got that kind of. Almost like a stage actor type overacting, like he's very corny, but it, something yeah. about it works. And, and, and he is hilarious in this role, even though it's so bad. But um, what I wish this movie had more of was a, I don't know, a little more. Like I wish the action was a little more spread out, because, like I said, almost the first half of the movie is this kind of comedic stuff. Then you have a little bit of target practice and explosion. Then it's back to like the corny graphics. I do love the Apple II graphics of on everything. They're supposed to be this high tech thing and they got these fucking mm-hmm. green and yellow computer screens. And, but, um, when they actually run, do their run on the, uh, munitions dump to kind of like, it's kind of like to stop Silva's advance into the country. That had to have been one of the most chaotic four minutes I've ever seen. And what made that truly unique was the little counter at the bottom because we knew going in that this was going to be a four-minute mission. And I yeah. thought it was kind of cool how they actually put a timer at the bottom. Now, obviously, there's no way they could have done this shit in four minutes. And the, it, the movie magic makes them go in and out and blow all this shit up in four minutes. And I don't think one person died in the whole thing. But it was kind of a cool touch having that four-minute counter at the bottom. But then it's, you know, the action's gone again until pretty much the end of the movie. But... Um, the uh I do like how they've taken something like preemptive war and they've they've boiled it down to a couple of people trying to uh one up each other, which is <laughs> pretty much yeah. the eighty the eighties in a nutshell, but um Cannot. Cannot <laughs> the, <shell>. <laughs> the uh the aerial cinematography in the final scene in the big escape scene is is pretty great. Um, I guess that that yeah, that, was it. Yeah. that could have been some of the budget too. There, you know, these big fucking planes landing on these dry lake beds, and there's just giant explosions and everything. And obviously, they got some helicopters filming it. Um, and as silly as it was, 
uh, all the cars riding in unison, all the motorcycles riding in unison beside each other, all with a different color smoke just pouring off of it. It made me laugh, but it was pretty kind of cool. So, um, I guess this uh, this mega force has so much money they can just afford to abandon billions of dollars of equipment. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's because it's fucking. They're probably uh, uh, we're fighting evil empire. Yeah, we're, I don't want to get a political show. So. <laughs> Silver yelling Spanish. I have that note, and then the last the when the when they're about to leave Bostwick behind. And he tries out his uh, Delta Mark IV motorcycle flying capabilities. Mm-hmm. Now, was it red button right first? Red, red right? I think it was. Then, I think it was left first, and then oh, the right. That doctor that played like the Q from like James Bond. They had the guy that. Oh, I've seen him titles. before. He was so goofy and over the top. It wasn't even funny. What was that guy's was name? George Curry. Firth played Professor Eggstrom. That had to have been him, and he looks so yeah. familiar. He was goofy. Um, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a... Uh, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I, I've seen him in some stuff before. He Cannibal was the guy Run. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid that was in the... Uh, that was in the... The, 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 uh, the, the, the railroad car... And he was like, yeah, Butch, I'm not going to let you in there. And, and Butch Cassie, they, they put the dynamite up there. And uh, he goes, well, that ought to do it. And they blow up the thing, and the whole thing blows up. And he goes, think you used enough dynamite there, Butch? He's Woodcock. And then he was the he was the guy in Cannonball Run that was trying to stop the cannonball. Yeah. And Farrah Fawcett would sit there and talk about trees and bawling, which meant fucking under the trees with her nipples. Ah, she was hot. Oh my oh. god! And I think oh, I, I remember so- him recently from Hooper. He was in Hooper, and which I've seen recently. So I must remember him from that. But um, he must have been a, fr- a friend of Needham. Oh yeah, um, uh, the uh, Reynolds troop. But it's so. I mean the the gay overtones at when he is flying that plane. Are flying that motorcycle. They got the back door of this plane open. You got all these guys in spandex yelling, "Come on, man! Put it in! Bring it in put here!" It in the hole. And you have fucking Beck. They show his face. He's, He's like, like, "Bring it on in here!" And he starts. Yeah, Boswick starts. To, he he does a fucking barrel roll, but slow motion, and he's got this face like, "Ooh!" And he's like, "Boy, you're gonna get sick doing that kind of thing." Oh, you gonna get sick doing that? <laughs> oh, oh my god! If that, if the, oh wow, that was like they should have been playing "It's Raining Men" during that scene. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> but um, I did, I did get a good laugh at the end when you think the so they're having a press conference about the fact that the Megaforce has just kind of declared war on this on Gamibia by blowing up this munitions dump, and the general, the British general. Who uh, made the racist joke? He uh, he's kind of given a press conference, and Megaforce flies by, and somehow people have like superhuman vision in this movie because not only can Silva watch this guy flying off at sub subsonic subsonic speeds and still tell what's going on, uh, the chick uh, Persis can see him from out from all the way you know ten thousand feet in an airplane do, and do the thumb kiss, but. They kind of fly by, and they, you think they're going to land and be part of the press conference, but instead, uh, I won't say. It. I'll, I'll leave that as yeah, a surprise. It's pretty funny. I, I got a good laugh out of that. <laughs> they were roguish. One last hurrah, which is pretty funny. So um, we can get into our ratings here. Oh, shit. I didn't think about that. Uh, um, I did. I honestly got I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, it, it wasn't real long. Um, 
wasn't a great movie. No, it was oh, stupid. Man, it's really hiccups. Stupid. It was really stupid, but um, I give it a six. Okay, uh, and because I'm pretty close. I, like I said, I mean, and I, if you haven't seen it, it's just go into it thinking this is going to be really silly and really stupid. Yeah. And 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 you probably you might enjoy it if you go into it thinking that it's going to be this you know good serious thing or it's not at all and I don't think it was trying to be. It's it's dumb and I, I'm right there with you. I give it a six point two five. It could have been better. Um, they kind of blow their load on a couple big scenes, and I would just I wish the Megaforce was more action oriented as opposed to spending so much time making bad jokes and do you think that barry boswick blew his load on michael beck's <laughs> face his big horse teeth oh my god it, you're gonna get sick doing that kind of thing um, you're gonna get sick doing that that big old dick in my butt hole. <laughs> bring it on in here and if heaven know, ain't a lot like dixie i don't want to go no the that scene <clears throat> all i can think about Sure. Was the fact that they're <laughs> obviously performing in front of a green screen. They don't see Bostwick yeah. flying in there. So it was really awkward that these guys are just sitting there looking at this screen all yelling, Come on, you can do it. Come on. It was, it was really Come Anyway, uh, 6.25 for me. I want to like this movie more, but there's just some start parts and you're like, oh, come on. Okay, now this is funny because we were just talking. You were just talking about how it was it was gay, and they're like he's flying the big gaping <laughs> hole or whatever. I forgot in my what have you been watching that I watched cruising, and when nice. you were sitting there saying they were in front of the green screen, going, come on, come on. The first thing that I pictured in my head is the guy in that goddamn. Uh, Swing and that guy's fucking lo- putting Crisco all over his hand and his <laughs> up to his elbow and shoving it up that guy's ass. Now, if if Michael Beck and Barry Bostwick would have been in cruising instead of Al Pacino, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Barry Bostwick in cruising, um, and Michael you know, Michael Pere would have been the Pacino part. Nice. No, well, I don't know. Maybe Bostwick. I don't know. Whatever. And Bostwick could have been the murderer. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Because nobody would have expected. <laughs> um, okay, so six and a six point two five. Um, this is this is a good movie. This is one of the films that people talk about that with a with the right group of people, you're gonna fucking die because it's yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, I was by myself, so I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, yeah, I still- and I, I've seen it twice. I've had fun both times. It's shitty. It's kind of annoying a few times, but then the other parts, you're like, ah. Oh. And it's cool seeing if you're a Henry Silva fan. It's cool seeing him fucking ham it up too because oh he's my god he was yeah. he was just acting so I mean it was just you I just know that they were he's like Ace what are you doing here and his voice was like really high pitched Hey you took my lighter I borrowed your lighter what are you doing Hey Ace my buddy <laughs> Por qué no cerveza Hey I just said why not why not be I just said why no cowboy hat. He wasn't a fucking cowboy. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> six and a six point two five. Let's take a break and come back and do. I'll go on his fucking head. We'll cover some Dolph and some Dark Angel. I come in peace. Will you leave in pieces? We'll be right back. 
Are you serious? Podcast. Bestofalleft.com. Linoleum knife. 35 millimeter hero. Chinstroke versus Pensa. Family movie night. Bloody good horror. Girls on film radio. Night of the Living Podcast. Mail order zombie. Outside the cinema. Popcorn mafia. Perhaps you'd be interested in Glee Cast. First time caller podcast. Showshow.podomatic.com. The David Pakman Show. gentle listeners i'm fozzy bear there are a lot of podcasts out there and it's impossible to listen to them all that's where the podcast podcast comes in on the podcast podcast we have very special guests from some of the best shows on itunes covering everything from movies to television to literature to pop culture and politics on the podcast podcast you can listen to these guests and decide if you should check out their show or keep on moving find us in the itunes store by searching for me fozzy bear that's f-o-z-z-i-e-b-a-r-e Next film today. Sorry, like that song. Um, Dark Angel or I Come in Peace from 1990. Zauma. I'll let you introduce it here. Good to see you. Yes. Jack Kane is a Houston vice cop who's forgotten the rule book. His self appointed mission is to stop the drug trade and the number one supply of Victor Man. Was involved in an undercover operation in traffic demanding and his partner gets killed. Since the newcomer comes on scene along with an FBI agent, Lauren Smith. <laughs> um, Dolph is a cop who's a lethal weapon. He gets hooked up with an FBI agent. Something happens. Shit, man. They don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> That was another uh, – this was a synopsis written by Anonymous. I always get these goddamn synopsi that they write a fucking whole paragraph and they tell the whole movie. So I cut it off and do my own thing. Good job. Got a freestyle, baby. Um, so, yeah, this, this is a Dolph Lundgren starring vehicle. And this is, uh, is post-Rocky, post-He-Man, post uh, – this is before Little Tokyo. So – this is this is uh, this is also before Universal Soldier, right? Um, this is a weird time. Yeah, Universal Soldier was ninety two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is before that. And Universal Soldier is about is is it's kind of when Lundgren kind of started transitioning more, I think, to uh, like more direct video type stuff. Um, this was kind of an in-between movie, kind of. I think so. I don't know. I think the release of it here was a little odd. It's never been released on DVD in the United States, not officially. Um, 
and I don't I don't recall it being no, Showdown in Little Tokyo was before this. Um, I don't think this movie got a huge push as far as the theaters and all that go either. So, um, we have Dolph Lundgren, as I said, and we also have uh, Brian. What's his name? Brian Benben as the FBI agent. Now that's an odd choice. Um, I knew Brian Benben from the TV show, uh, the HBO show Dream On. Um, did you ever watch that? Nope. Okay. Dream On was kind of a... I sort of remember it, sort of. It was a, it was a comedy, a 30-minute HBO show, and they inevitably would show titties in it somewhere. So I had a lot I of VHS I think I kind of do remember that, but man, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Fuck. I would have it on VHS tape, and I would fucking always just fast forward to the titties because they didn't have internet porn back then. Uh, <laughs> the um, but yeah, it's he's weird. He's he's short, um, and he's he's a comedian. I mean, he's he's a comedic actor, so it's kind of weird. It was kind of a weird choice. I think they could have. No, I, I I ended up liking him okay, but I think they could have cast that a little differently and had him be a little more believable as an FBI agent. So, but the. Um, the movie starts off, and um, it, it's kind of a few. I don't know. You kind of get the idea that there's some several stories going on at once, and it's a, it takes a little while for them to all kind of funnel together. But um, you got. <laughs> I do. I do like the uh, the the uh, foreshadowing when this guy is driving down the road, and for some reason his fucking he's driving the Mercedes, and his it's Christmas time, and his CD player just fuck it starts messing up, and it fucking spits out the CD at his hand. And he's like, fucking $70,000 car. You'd think they put a good CD player in it. And, uh, but it's kind of foreshadowing because the weapon that the bad guy uses in this, one of the weapons he uses is this fucking weird... Um, I'm saying fucking a lot today. So I'm signing, fucking A right, sign brother. Of a, of a narrow, small mind. Is that you and you need a haircut. That's what the problem is. It is. Uh, it's waiting on my brain. Man up, pussy. <laughs> uh, the uh, but he has this magnetic discs, these magnetic discs that he throws around, which is pretty badass because it it always goes for the jugular and it fucking just like almost cuts dudes' heads off. There's like blood spraying and stuff. So, um, but this he 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 lands and uh, he messes with this guy in the Mercedes. The this is this he's a German actor. His name is. Uh, I got to look this That's one up. That's a weird name. That is German. <laughs> His name is Matthias Math- Hughes. Um, not been in a ton of stuff. Um, and I don't think he says more than five, four or five words in the whole film. So uh, he's got this great long blonde hair and these kind of like cloudy eyeballs. And he goes, I come in peace. That's what my eyeballs look like when I haven't come in a while because the jizz gets up above your eyes. And then I just like like a mayonnaise jar, the top of my head unscrews, and I can just take a dollop and get it out uh, so it goes down below my eyeballs. Um, so most of his lines in the movie, most of his delivery just is him tilting his head back and going, which <laughs> is pretty funny. <laughs> So you've got this huge explosion in the first two minutes, which kind of sets the stage because I'm not sure I've ever seen so many car explosions in one movie. There was a lot of car explosions. Oh, my God. And most of them were parked when it happens, too. (laughs) Um, So, like I was saying, you get get kind of three stories at the same time, almost. You got these... 
these two cops, and they don't explain what they're doing exactly, but they're they're obviously not cops, but they're breaking into a police station and stealing heroin. You got the alien thing going on, and then you have Dolph sitting in a car, uh, listening in on a conversation with his partner inside, um, doing a drug deal. Um, Dolph is an undercover cop, and I gotta say, Dolph is not golden in the movie. <laughs> he's no, no, the no, gold. no, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got he's brown hair in the movie. Natural, and um, I don't is it is well is his natural color blonde or brown? Who the fuck knows? He's fucking Swedish, shouldn't he? Yeah, so you'd think it's probably well, more. and he kind of he's very young in this. He has the baby face, mm-hmm. and he's not very he's as, not as super compared ripped. to now, where he looks like goddamn fucking Frankenstein's monster. He's Sorry, sh- Dolph, but he's you know, in- you're. <laughs> He's in shape, but he's not ripped. he's not ripped like he was for Masters of the Universe or for Rocky IV. Uh, Rocky. Well, he had he hasn't met he hadn't met Stallone. No, he, he had. said Stallone's the one that got him into. Um, he had. Yeah, Rocky IV was in the eighties. Okay, well, goddamn it, maybe he's selling, maybe he was fucking psych one off. Maybe. He didn't want his kids to fucking or his liver to get as big as a <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe he fucking can't. <laughs> he was tired of dehydrating and injecting himself. Yeah, they said. Well, they, didn't they say that one? Was it Rocky or whatever? He'd only drink like a goddamn small little juice glass of water a day Jesus, because he, he didn't want to. He was fucking shredded in Rocky, and he's you know like yo, I want you to be in this movie, but you got to do some fucking drugs. <laughs> Let me say though, the his he's he's maybe <laughs> it sounded just like him. I thought I thought I thought it was recording. Um, Oysters and turkey, Adrian. Now this is the uh, this might be the fastest Fat I've more. ever seen. <laughs> this might be the fastest I've ever seen Dolph move when he does like hand to hand stuff. Cause he's yeah, doing yeah, yeah. He did. He did the spinning back. Well, I don't know. It was a spinning back kick. Yeah, he does like he does like the crescent kick a couple times. Fucking spin kicks in dudes' faces and stuff. And it's pretty badass. Um, yeah. But he's got some very bad '80s hair and outfits going on though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, kind of like a, I don't. Was it yuppie-ish? You know, with the jacket, and then he had yeah, the long. It was a little yuppie-ish. It wasn't. It was because it, he took his shirt off in the movie, and he's still fucking built really good. Yeah. But then he wore this big baggy ass shirt that you know, like a fat guy would wear that had a muffin top. <laughs> My note was the guy from Dream On. I used to mine VHS tapes of that show for titties to pause. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote that down. <laughs> I didn't want to forget. Um. So they go into a strip club. They, so they basically the um, yeah, but that strip club it was like a the strip club from Forty Eight Hours. You know, there's a <laughs> yeah. sheriff in town. It was a redneck strip club, and they had like a cowboy cowboy esque stripper with big titties. Oh god, her titties were huge. They were great, very juggy. Yeah, um, so they they get um, the the when they catch wind of this, it's, it's the white boys is the name of the of the organized crime. Uh, Group, they, they call them the White Boys, which is pretty funny. But they, um, the 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 FBI starts to get involved once this kind of gets out of their out of control, and his he's reassigned uh, to be the <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he's reassigned, and and I feel like I've seen, I feel like I've seen this kind of bit before with you know the handsome instincts roguish cop local cop and the uptight FBI agent. I know it's been oh, done yeah. probably a thousand times, but um, so you know he, the local guy. He wants to go to the redneck strip club with Juggies McGee, and uh, he's like, "You can think in here. All the bro- all the blood's rushing away from my head." <laughs> um, <laughs> waka waka. 
but we do get we we do get the <laughs> we get the second appearance of Michael J. Pollard on our show. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 and this time C. W. Moss. This time his name is Boner. <laughs> uh, very, not in the movie for very long, but um, <laughs> the um, but there's an interesting killing method by the main villain, which is not explained for for a little while, but he's kind of like. I feel like maybe Scorpion from Mortal Kombat was stolen from this. He's got this like okay. this like metal, uh, I guess sharp ended tube thing that shoots out of this hole in his wrist or this like me- mechanism on his wrist, and it sticks into people's chest. And I guess is it spoiling anything to say what he's doing? Yes. Okay. Well, he does that. The person. <laughs> then- I don't. I mean, you know. Do what you feel. Well, right. okay, uh, it's it's not really spoiling anything, but it, it I okay, mean, it, it's it, what he was doing. It takes him a little while to explain what he's doing, but he's injecting him with this white solution, and then he has this other thing that looks like RoboCop's like middle finger spike that he sticks yeah. into their fo- he like jams into their forehead. Um, what he's doing is injecting them with heroin, and it makes the endorphins go off in their brain, and then he hits them with that spike and sucks out the endorphins in their brain, which is then used. He's an alien. He's flying, going to be flying off to his other planet to sell it's this drug with, dealer. Yeah, so he's this endorphin, this human endorphin is this super, super, super valuable drug on his planet, and it's highly illegal. So we get, um, so that's why I'm saying maybe Scorpion stolen from because he got control over this thing, and he can like he throws it and gets and jabs into people's chest just like the Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. But the uh, there's a bad guy with a f- weird fucking hairdo, this bald mullet. With this amazing gun, both of them have these amazing guns. I'll get to that in a second. But it's played. He's played by Jay Belis, who is a former Duke basketball player. Former Duke basketball player, Duke fucking Duke. And but it's it's an odd, it's an odd choice. I don't know why they cast him as that. It's the only movie he was ever in. Like I don't know if he knew the director because he was really tall. Well, there was there was plenty of. You think about how interesting it would have been if it was fucking like Rodman or something. Because it's not like a lot of speaking lines, but I don't know. It's a weird choice, Jay Bila. He wasn't. He never played in the he NBA. Probably knew somebody. Maybe he, he knew somebody. Could have been. I don't know. I don't know. And now he's like. Now he's a lawyer and everything. And um, yeah. but he. Uh, oh, and he was assistant coach for Duke when they beat uh, Kentucky for the national title. When uh, Kentucky rain keeps pouring down. When fucking Leitner stomped that dude. And didn't get Do we know him. anybody from Kentucky besides um, Ashley Judd? Is Vish from Kentucky? Yes, yes. he is. Okay. okay, he has nice hair. Oh, God, I would pull it. Um, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> now could they have given Dolph a plainer love interest in this fucking movie? Yeah, she wasn't really. Oh um, my God, nothing stood she, out about her at all. I mean, she was okay. She yeah. just wasn't. She was nothing. Yeah, like you said, he should have been fucking that that stripper in that bar or the fucking mechanic they showed briefly with the like she was working on a car and the and the alien attacked her and he ripped yeah. her shirt open and her big jiggly tits were hopping around. That was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> big jiggly, 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 jiggly tits. But the I don't know. She's so fucking boring. With she like you see her in her fucking bathrobe and she's not showing her tits at all. And <laughs> but their their hair got how similar boring. a few times. How dare that woman not show her tits? I know. Um, they, pig. Their hair was similar at times, which is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> when did Punisher come out? 
because that that might have been right around the same time. Maybe he just still had the maybe he still had the brown like it shoe did, polish. It didn't grow out yet. Eighty nine. I bet he filmed both at the same time. He still had the fucking <laughs> hair from Punisher. Uh, <laughs> I'm Frank Castle. You killed my family. Um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the the jittery university scientist is pretty funny. I like when he's talking to the dudes and he, he does was that. jittery, man. <laughs> he does that weird, like almost backward somersault on the table. He puts his legs over his head and sits. Yeah, there. he's like trying to suck his own dick. He's like making. I like it. They, now I've seen that in a movie before where. They have like a scientist and the guy sitting there and he's got all these beakers and everything and he's, he's making, making all this shit. He's making and coffee. And he, yeah, and everybody's like, oh my God, I wonder what he's making. Some big thing. And they're making coffee. What was that in? Because I, I know I'd seen that before. Yeah. Whatever. They did it in, um, they've done it in Breaking Bad. He did it. He, uh, yeah. there was a scene, there was a scene in Breaking Bad where he was using all these test tubes and, and, Weird, like suspended chemicals and stuff to make coffee—the perfect coffee. So, perfect coffee. Um, yeah, like I said, they got these awesome guns. The two aliens, uh, one is after the other one, but these guns are kind of—they—they're a little bigger than a uh, than a handgun. Oh, and yeah, fucking, they're kind of like Judge Dredd's gun. Oh my god, they fucking throw fire. They are amazing. Yeah, it was kind of like a cross between a flamethrower. It would sort of explode, but everything would catch on fire and shit. Oh it was god. that was that was one of the coolest parts of the movie. Well, you know, the, this thing was kind of cool too. They did they did like the Uzi sounds, like and like shit would just like just burst into flames. It was awesome. But um, the uh, whenever they would shoot at somebody. You know, the per- if the person was not in the way, the fucking car would just ex- burst and like it just explode, <laughs> just in a big fireball. So many cars blowing up in this movie. I would, did not want to be a car in this movie. And speaking of cars, Dolph- you will never be a car in a movie. <laughs> Classy Dolph Lundgren drives a fucking mid eighties Monte Carlo in it. <laughs> well, what the fuck was the one guy was driving a station wagon? <laughs> he drove a How Buick many station cars wagon. Have you ever seen was a goddamn Buick station wagon? He um. Mom and dad. Yeah, that car totally reminded me, and it might have been the exact same one. Um, a friend of mine, the the guy. So we had a we had a, a group of three or four guys that oh, would always hang out in middle school, middle school in particular. And the cool we would, car, the cool flick. We would always ha- no, not at all. We were the, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> but we always go over to this one guy's house because. His mom would go to bed at like eight o'clock because she was a school teacher, and that was just her schedule. She would get up at like five in the morning, so God. we could stay up there and not int- and not interrupt anybody and watch porn or whatever. And he had this back room where he had his Nintendo and everything that we could shut the doors and not interrupt anybody. But anyway, um, she drove this mid eighties model gray station wagon just like that that had this seat that in the back that would fold out and you could sit backwards facing. And I just yeah. every time I see that car it reminds me of fucking like going to a water park or something and sitting in the back of that backwards facing seat, which is pretty funny. But Fuck man when when you were when I was a kid, I always liked sitting in that seat in the back of our station wagon that faced backwards. Yeah. But I think if I set that way now in a car while it was moving, I think I would vomit my guts out. Yeah, it, 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 would it make makes me sick. It would make me motion sick now because I don't like yeah. I don't like sitting backwards on like the, a subway or a, uh, a train. God, I'm gassy this uh, morning. A train I hate or whatever. To fucking read when the car. As soon as I look down and start trying to read, I will get nauseous. Yeah, I can't do it either. Yeah, don't um, do that. 
Silver so and gold. In in and his Monte Carlo, my mom used to drive a, a late seventies Monte Carlo. By the way, a silver one with those ma- weren't bad. Those with were maroon cool. interior. It's re- it's really it's really redneck. The version that he drove, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, Swedish redneck. But something, and I won't say what it was. Something dramatically bursts into flames in his car, in the back seat of his car. Dolph's penis. <laughs> And they still drive around in it and don't mention it anymore. Could you imagine what it must have smelled like in that car? <laughs> yeah, everything be smoldering. And he makes his girlfriend fucking street. sit in it. <laughs> She's in the back seat where the bur- where the flame happened. So she was plain. She was lucky to have a man. Oh god, she was awful. She was just like somebody's mom. It was so boring. Um, I now, fucked her though. Well, yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> Now, I love the scene, the last 20 just minutes of the movie. She, just because Dolph fucked her. Yeah, I just want those seconds. That, that, that makes them go up like a lot, you know, no now, matter what they look like. The, uh, <laughs> I love um, when they finally go and pick her up to kind of close out the movie. This, it's about the last 20 minutes. It's a great last 20 minutes. But yeah. I, lo- I love how it starts. <laughs> um, <laughs> not a fan? What? You're not a fan? The um, we haven't got to that part yet, but we we're we're introduced back again to the white boys, the um, which I, I will we'll get you to talk more than maybe about them, but the uh, th- this is a part that I saw in at Action Fest um, when I went. This is the Action Movie Festival they have here in North Carolina. They've been doing it for three years now, but they did the first one and between movies. Uh, or if you go in early, they would just show like random clips and stuff of action movies. And this was in there of this scene where these two guys are coming up, just laying the fucking submachine gun fire on them as they're hiding behind a car. And I love this, this scene with the guys attitudes and everything. And this is just when everything starts fucking blowing up, but they they're standing there just like just cracking up, firing these guns. A cop pulls up and he's like, throw down your weapons. And the guy turns like, Pfft. He looks at this fat cop and he's like, fuck you, and starts blowing away that guy. <laughs> and then the alien comes up and then it's just like shit hits the fan then. But um, I busted out laughing during this chase scene. <laughs> when they they stop the car after there's this horrific car accident. And they stop the car. They stop the Monte Carlo. And Ben Ben hops out of the car. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's all confident. And out of this, like, fireball explosion, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, immediately the blonde alien dude is just sprinting full speed out of this wreckage. And <laughs> then he says, oh, shit, and hops back in the car. It is ho- oh, the funniest thing in the movie. I cracked yeah, up. He, the- shot, he, he fucking <laughs> he shot. The, you couldn't hurt, like. The alien guy, like <laughs> modern weapons, couldn't really hurt him. He's like, but they got that alien gun. Yes, they're like, yeah, because they shot him like right in the chest, didn't they? Yeah, with the alien gun, but it had four yeah, settings, he and he only had it on like, level one. Yeah, motherfucker! <laughs> Woo! Yeah, that big guy came fucking sprinting, and man, he was he was fucking <laughs> he was, and loping out there. He was moving, man, and he had to he had to have had a head start because <laughs> he was he was scary looking. I mean, you know, because he, he had you know big and blonde hair, and he wore like a big trench coat. Now the uh, the detriment to this movie, my the, my biggest drawback, I think. Um, Watching now, it? <laughs> no, the, I like this movie. The um, I li- <laughs> and the, the comedy stuff worked for me for the most part, but the series, the the biggest drawback was the movie. I mean, the movie, the music, the um, it had the most generic oh. music ever. 
generic eighties music. Oh, there was no thought put at all into this mu- into this music. It was just. It was just like the most like it, it was like hot licks for an elevator. It was really bad, and you, it was like so, sometimes it was not. It was kind of mixed weird too. So you'd have these explosions that almost blew, blew out the sound in the movie, and you'd kind of <laughs> hear the music kind of halfway playing in the background. It was really odd, but uh, I don't know. Usually there's more, I don't know, strings or something. But it was just like as they're walking around. It was really shitty. So anyway, let's. I want to hear some of your notes. Okay. Um, Babyface Dolph, Stonewash, Jeans, White Sneaks, and Brown Hair. That's my <laughs> first note. Okay. Now, in a lot of movies in the in the 80s, like action movies, Seagal movies and shit like that, you always had to have a convenient – I'd hate to work in a convenience store because there's always <laughs> going to be a bunch of thugs come in, a bunch of asshole young druggies or something coming in to rob it. And then some big fuck will come in and karate the shit out of them. And in that instance, in all these movies, someone has to get thrown through the glass of the freezer thing <laughs> yeah. and or the big plate glass window in the um, the, the, the front of the store. It which made, it made me think in Cobra. And, Didn't that happen in Cobra, too? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Come in a whoops mess. Seagal did that in... Um, was it, that was the first Seagal movie, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, or, no, or, what, no, no, no. Or was that the one... That was the one... Uh, Marked for death or what? Not marked for death. The one with Kelly LeBrock where he gets killed, supposedly he's in a coma, right. and then he comes back. He went in that that convenience store. Uh, he Probably in the first ass. one too. That, that was uh, he just he flipped really, those guys through on really the skinny. I love. That's when I fell in love with Steven Seagal's like f- method of fighting because yeah, he would, like, chop them in the throat and shit. It looked brutal. Lip, lip, lip. Yeah, you got to get that fucking that book about the Seagal movies. Uh, but I, I have it right in there by my toilet, and every time I go in and take a shit or lay in the tub, I just read a part of it. It's pretty cool. Um, anyway, uh, Jesse Vint uh, is the first guy in the car that the CD pops out. Uh, Alan and Jesse Vint were um, uh, the two brothers that were in Macon County Line. Oh, okay. And uh, – yeah, and so he, you know, he was, he was. I thought it was Scott Wilson at first, but it wasn't. It was Jesse Vent. Um, so I, I broke down. Even though it, even though it was 1990, this movie is very 80s. Sorry, um, very 80s movie. Cowboy stripper tits. Geeky partner, Michael J. Pollard. Okay, now, uh, Michael J. Pollard was playing billiards with a a guy, and because I had just watched Cruising, I thought at first that it was the black cowboy from Cruising that comes in and fucking smacks Al Pacino, but the guy was pretty short, so it wasn't him. Okay, there was one scene where the these guy the, the the guys were chasing each other, and there was a bunch of parked cars, and they were running across the cars chasing each other. The two great big alien guys, and the cars were exploding, <laughs> sort of as they were shooting and and running. So yeah. that was kind of cool. Um, now the uh, like oh, some- there's appearance by Al Long in Long in here too. Um, second appearance by him on the show. He plays a brief role as luggage salesman. But uh, who's out long? He's the in the he's he looks Chinese. He always plays some kind of villain in a movie. He's got really oh, long, long hair. hair yeah. Goatee. yeah, yeah, I wrote that down. I didn't know what his name was though. Um, and I thought it was funny because I looked up the uh, that Matthias guy that played the bad guy, and uh, and it said he was he's he was a uh, uh, like a 
I think a decathlon or a pentathlon. Pentathlon, because that was what Dolph was. He made that movie, uh, and and uh, he supports I think the Swedish pentathlon team mm-hmm. uh, in real life. But um, so that guy was in into that, and um, he's fucking. He was ripped, he, but I mean in real life. But you don't see it in the movie. Yeah, because he, he wears like luckless. But I, I looked up how big that guy was, and it said he was six foot five. Well, fucking Dolph is six foot five. But that guy, however, they, they must have had him. He must have had like some kind of platform shoes on or something because he looked like he was way taller than Dolph. Like he was a giant compared to Dolph. Maybe that's just actually, a trait of the whatever planet they're from. Maybe that's just, everybody's just that size. But he, um, yeah. he, uh, the Jay Billis is six eight. So yeah, so uh, you got those great big guys like that to play the bad guys. Um, but like a dolphin was big too. <laughs> and then you so have Brian Benben, who's probably like five two. <laughs> yeah, he was like a little fucking <laughs> piece of shit. Um, Ooh, bounty tracker with Lorenzo Lamas and Matthias Hughes as the two main stars. Yes, nice. Let's see. If you try to take the disc, I'm going to hit you very, very hard. <laughs> uh, Dol- okay, yeah, Dolph had the disc, and that little fucker Ben Ben was like, uh, "Give me the disc, give me the disc." You know, I'm going to take it. It's procedure, and he get- and he just looks at him. He goes, "If you're trying to take the disc, I'm going to hit you very, very hard." And he didn't really have the broken jaw Dolph talk. Mm-mm, he kind of nope. talked normal in this one. Yeah. Uh, Dolph gets bitch slapped. That chick fucking hold off and just smacked the shit out of him. She smacks what's she- his face later in the movie too. <laughs> Yeah, she tried to go for a second slap on Dolph, but he was not having any of that. Um, <laughs> he was really hitting people hard in this movie. Like he went, he goes into the the what was the name of the office building he goes into? They called it something. It's basically like the white boys' headquarters, and he goes and like what. I was just laughing that they're called the white the white boys, boys. and he uh, he just like elbows this dude in the face and fucking chops him in the neck and kicks this dude in the jaw. I mean, he was really he was he was looking good, man. Now I think Dolph Dolph's chick was like uh, she was like Quincy uh, on the TV show Jack Klugman. He was the forensics uh, examiner or whatever mm-hmm. that dissects the the dead bodies and shit. And they're talking, they're standing over like a dead body talking or something. And um, Dolph and her had just fucked like the night before. Right. And so they're talking and she looks at him and they're talking about this dead body. And she says, people do a lot of sick things to each other. And then just gives Dolph this look. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, you know, he's giving her the pooper the night before giving her a little ass to mouth and shit. Choking her and stuff. You're gonna get sick doing that kind of thing. <laughs> you get sick doing that kind of thing. Ace hunter, we just call him hunter. I ain't got no age vacation. Um, Asian guy, long hair, goatee. We already covered it. Uh, he was in Cage that me and James. Oh covered. my god! There was one part where, um, I can't remember what happened, but they were in Dolph's Bat Cave, you know, his apartment. <laughs> and, um. The the guy says, uh, I think Dolph gives gives Ben Ben a jacket to wear, and he puts it on. And he's like all proud, and he goes, "Hey, it fits." And Dolph goes, "It should. I wore it when I was twelve years old." <laughs> Why does he still have a fucking jacket from when he was twelve? <laughs> that was funny. It was. <laughs> um, and I like that that for the most part, um, they didn't have 
the the little guy. I mean, he was you know kind of comic relief guy or whatever to play off Dolph because he was small and he was kind of wanting to go by the rules. And Dolph was the the guy, the roguish guy that went by his instincts, like you said. But like for the most part, there toward the end when all the shit was going down, he had the big gun. Yeah, and they, you know, it wasn't just Dolph having it. His mom gave it to him for Christmas. <laughs> Dolph um, had. Oh to, no, his gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he, oh, he did have that great big gun too, though. Yeah, you're right. But now, uh, why would that make those guys? He's like, he's like, if anything, they hate it's to damage their car, so they wouldn't play chicken. And all it took was him shooting out their window for them to like stop chasing them. Apparently, that was a huge fucking gun. It was like a, a big forty four magnum or something. <laughs> a scope. Um, and then the one part, Dolph pulled up out in front of their their building, like you said, the white boys lair, and they just everybody in that group must have had a Ferrari or something because <laughs> yeah, like yeah. there was about twenty of them. Um, now, in wrestling, they always say you know you have to you have to uh, like if they put just an arm bar on you, you shouldn't just sit there. You you act like you're hurt. You act like you're right. just in agony and struggling and everything. Well, Dolph had to sell for a wire. This that wire thing, that comes out. <laughs> yeah. We had a hold of it, and you know, okay, now that thing has no tension. And it's not now. The real thing was supposed to be like it just kept coming at you. Until yeah, it, and he it, could control it. The guy he had a hold it. of it, and he sell it. He's like he's working with that wire, like trying to make it look like it's coming. It's still it's like just coming at his face, and and he's holding on to it, and he's he's using it. <laughs> he's like moving it around himself and everything. It was kind of stupid, but it was funny, uh, and um. Now I thought that in the you know the grand finale is going to be something with dolphins and the all right come in peace guy, um, but they, they really played it up for so long throughout the movie that I mean you couldn't hardly do anything to hurt this hurt yeah. that guy, and then so that kind of messed it up a little bit at the end, right? Because it, it seemed like okay they always do that in movies like. Uh, where one guy is this invincible fighter, and throughout the movie, and then and then the hero's scared of him. And you're like, oh my god, you know, how's he going to beat this guy? And then at the end, the guy becomes a little bit more vulnerable. Whereas through the whole movie, he really wasn't at all. Right. But still, I thought it was good, though. I mean, you know, and and I like the fact, you know, because Dolph Dolph is usually so big and fucking imposing and shit like that. It's hard to have somebody else. Uh, you know, for it to look realistic that Out somebody's kicking him, yeah. yeah, but he, I mean, he wasn't like he 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 did the karate and shit, like you said, really well because he's pretty young in this and he was a lot fat. He was faster. He was yeah. still wasn't super strong, but he looked really cool against like normal people. But then as soon as he tried it on that guy, that guy would just <laughs> beat his ass. He could fucking so jump like twenty cool. feet into the air through a window. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, do you have a score? I do. Would, would I. I like this, this movie? movie. I like this movie a lot, a lot, and a lot. Um, have you seen this before? No. Okay. Okay. Good. I, I remember two. seeing the. the uh, I remember seeing the poster, and they would show that commercial, and it'd be like, "I come in peace." <laughs> I love the car explosions. Uh, Delph's good, nice and fast in it, and Ben Ben was surprisingly not as annoying as I thought he would be when I f- first knew he was in there. Um, I wish the. You know, I wish the girlfriend was a little different in some way. I don't know. Something needed to change with her. The villains are cool. Um, I, I did feel like the Bela, the Jay Billis's role was a little wasted. 
Um, they could have done. I don't know. I give it a seven point seven five out of ten. Uh, um, this is very. This is enjoyable. Feel like this sci fi actiony type stuff, and it's it's very eighties in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, that's it. Seven point seven five. I would rate this a seven point five. I had a lot of fun watching it. Both these movies, I really. Uh, if I gave Megaforce a six for being so bad it's good i didn't think this was so bad it's good i just thought it was good yeah uh for for kind of a buddy uh sort of a you know i mean it was it became very cliche with the the uh two mismatched partners and shit like that but um i thought it was done really well and like you said i think that the it had a few things that were that were um lacking but uh, like the music and things like that. But as far as the action goes, the the uh, the villain was fucking awesome. I mean, yeah. just a huge, imposing guy, and he had that really cool look. And Dolph was pretty charismatic, and he wasn't as wooden. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, he talks like talks like voice and stuff like that. You know, Stallone. But he seemed like you know he was younger. His voice wasn't quite as as mumbled that, in this one. And like I said, I think. Uh, he looked. I mean, his. He just facially. He looked more like a Hollywood leading man. Yeah. You know. And uh, so I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Had awesome. a good time watching both of these movies. It's about time. <laughs> uh, cool. So uh, let's take another break, and we'll come back and do some birthday feedback. B O. <laughs> we'll be right back. I do. If you're enjoying this podcast, perhaps you'd be interested in GleeCast. You watch your tone, young lady. Hey, we're not forcing you to download the Internet's best, or at least most booze-filled podcast about Glee. You want to be me. Who doesn't, Sue? But we know we can't be. Instead, Erica and Emily... Uh, Emily and Erica. Who am I? I just don't know anymore. I'd love to stay in chat, but I got a satellite interview. Sorry, we get off topic a lot. The point is, listen to GleeCast following every new episode of Glee. Plus, our sporadic bonus content on some of the greatest bad cinema that incorporates musical theater or sweet dance moves going to ask you to smell your armpits the right or the left that's the smell of failure failure smells like dove mine has a pleasant lady speed stick scent kind of makes me think of candy canes your resentment is delicious visit gleecast.potomatic.com or search for us in the itunes store that's gleecast with a k part of the palaver.com family that's p-a-l-a-v-r.com boy the only thing missing from this place is a couple dozen bodies limed and rotting in shallow graves under the floorboards we're working on that Heavy and deep tonight. I come to 
Happy unhappy, happy unhappy birthday, Silver and Gold. Yay! One year. It just seems like yesterday when I was cussing you, thinking, Jesus Christ, are we ever going to do this fucking podcast or what? Yeah, so uh, I guess it's not necessarily our one-year birthday. It's more of an anniversary because the show was conceived many months before, and I just could not get my <laughs> shit together like and, and figure yeah. the shit out to get it up and running. So, But you're yeah. doing a fine job. I think you're, you're in- the... T- technical master i think back in march of 2011 is when we actually started planning the show and it took me until august (laughs) to figure my shit out how to get recording and everything and i finally just broke down and bought my multi-mix usb mixer and uh went from there so yeah all right, so we're going to do some feedback. One year of the stupidest podcast. Oh, what's this butthole that has a starfish tattooed on it? I think there's poop coming out of it, so be careful. Oh, I see pimples. Eey. The chocolate starfish. I'd hate to be that goddamn fucking tattoo artist. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. All right. We got I'm going to get a tattoo. Are you? What are you going to get? Nah, I'm not going to get a tattoo. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I better not say that. That one guy died that said that. What? Some guy um, posted a thing on YouTube about 12 reasons. He posted 12 reasons to get a tattoo. But then I guess it was really uh, snarky and you know him being an asshole. Well, guess what? He fucking dropped dead the day they fucking posted that he had Ooh. a heart attack. And so I guess his family got on there, and he was a real weirdo. He's he was against gay. Uh, uh, whoever makes Cheerio cereal was uh, supporting gay marriage, and so he took a box of Cheerios and on and made a video and put it on the, on YouTube of him lighting them on fire and shit. Well, now he's dead. What an ass! God didn't think he was funny. I don't either. Well. He's dead. Uh, all right. Fourth, Cal is dead. First voicemail. Cal is dead. Smack. Hey, it's the Cinemask. It's Justin Walter, And I wanted to call hey. address something that Zom brought up. He mentioned how he couldn't understand in his review of Firepower. I believe that was the other film, the one with Jim Howard. Um, that Man. he didn't understand uh, the phrase, so bad it's good. And I want to be able to clear this up since I am the Cinemask. And I, I am the lover of bad cinema, and I put myself through a lot. This is what the term means, because I can understand the confusion. I can understand when people say, how can it be bad if it's good? Wouldn't that just be a bad movie, or wouldn't that be a good movie? It's when this has happened. All right. When you get a film that, in all technical aspects and direction and storytelling, maybe in acting or just anything that is supposed to make a good film doesn't necessarily work. It's not so much going against it, it just fails at doing so. However, you enjoy it because of that. Now, a lot of times this will result in you laughing at it instead of laughing with it or, you know, enjoying it in spite of itself. And a lot of people enjoy Ed Wood films that in the so bad, good way, but it's not the way that Ed Wood would have wanted his film to be. <laughs> or let's use a more modern example, uh, Tyler Stone with The Room. I know he says now, oh, that was the intention for it to be that. It wasn't. Watch the film. Actually, don't watch the film. Uh, I mean, I, even as a lover of bad th- cinema, if you're not watching out with a crowd, it can actually be pretty brutal. I, I agree with Loaf and some of the others. It, a 10-minute like montage, like clip show of the film is best to view, but it's one of those films that 
unless I'm watching with a crowd, it can be pretty brutal to watch by yourself. Um, but I don't Brazil. think so. I think he, in his mind, he had the intention of making a good drama, and he just failed in the direction of it, the storytelling. But so many people, you know, enjoy it because of that, because they're able to laugh at how stupid it is, and it, it gets them repeat viewing. That's why I invented for myself the FF, the fun failure. That way I could still explain to people, look, this is not a good film. I'm not saying it's a good film. Like, two-headed shark attack. That's not a good film. All intents and purposes, it's horrible. The acting's not good. The storyline is barely existing. There's really no direction outside of, look, I'm an lecture and book Hogan look good in swimsuits, and there's a two-headed shark and it's going to attack people. In all circumstances, sorry, I'm getting tongue tied here. In all critiques you can give that film, it's not good. And it's one of those times where there are films I know some people say aren't good and they have their flaws. I'll be able to still argue that I think they are good, even in their own right. Like Lockout, they're not great. You know, it has its problems, that's some of the special effects. But I wouldn't say that's so bad. It's good because I still say that's a good film because it has a good performance by Guy Pierce that has a solid storyline to keep it going. You know, it was essentially Escape from New York in Space. And, you know, it has films that have well... It's a well-directed film, not a greatly directed, but it's a well-directed film with good acting. It has a purpose. It has its flaws. There's some iffy facts. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the dialogue just seems a little too cheesy or, you know, just too much reminding me of us. I still think it's an enjoyable film. That's not so bad. It's good. That's just good because it intends to do it. And when it comes to films that are intentionally bad, I can see why a lot of times I turn people off, and even myself. Though they can be fun, uh, a lot of the times when you're enjoying a movie that's so bad, it's good. That wasn't the intention. The Room, I'm sorry, was not intended to be a bad film. Was so wanted to make a good film, like Ed Wood probably did, and it turned out to not be a good film. It turned out to be, for a lot of people, horrible, but also, for a lot of us, uh, to be very entertaining. And I'm going to agree with a lot of people, and I think Will and Sammy said it, I don't think Ed Wood is the worst filmmaker of all time. Will of who? Uh, if anything, I think he was an okay filmmaker. I don't think he knew how to correctly uh, tell his stories. Like, I uh, covered it in the Muminalia book, uh, his film, Glenn or Glenda. At the plug. core of it, I think he has the right idea in mind. He's but trying plug. to, you know, show that people may be different, but that doesn't mean they don't, you know, they can't be respected and they can't be happy. Obviously, Crossdress, it's just the way that he conveys it is so unintentionally hilarious, or it just doesn't work, like, as a core, you know, having at, um, the story, the way the structure is by going back and forth, and everything about it just comes off as campy, unintentionally in his case, instead of trying to effectively convey a drama that it doesn't work. But it's clear that he was trying to make a good film, and for that, I don't think he's so much of a bad filmmaker. And I know Tom can disagree, and I know he enjoys, you know, some of Ebola's work, but I think the problem I had with Ebola is the way he would respond to his critics is he actually kind of admitted that he wasn't making good films. He was just, you know, intentionally making bad films just either piss people off or make money, which, you know, everybody needs to make money. But I think that would kind of almost take any joy that some of those films would have out of it. Though I haven't seen the third Blood Rain, and it might be fun, because I'll, though I haven't liked any of the films he's seen, I will admit watching stuff like what Far Cry and even Postal, though I still don't think they're good, I think they at least show a tad bit where maybe I can see where something would be entertaining. It just he does not convey it well. But I think that's the problem, is he in not trying to make a good film so that doesn't reach through. And I think that's happened a lot of those so bad it's good, even if they don't think they were making Citizen Kane, because, you know, a lot of these films are, you know, very campy, like Jim Wynorski films. They're so proud, and that's a bad example, because I enjoy a lot of Jim Wynorski films. I wouldn't call them so bad it's good. I just call them good in their own right. Um, but, you know, I think they set out to make something entertaining, 
oh, you know, the battle, you know, something like robots killing people or something like that. A lot of those old B movies, instead of just trying to turn a cheap buck. And sometimes you can do, you know, intentionally against bad films, kind of like Machete and that. And I think they're entertaining, but I also think Rodriguez had respect as, as a Tarantino for these types of films. They still took themselves seriously enough and knew they were going to be fun. So, but I definitely, uh, now I'm getting, uh, sorry, somebody yelling downstairs in the apartment downstairs and they yelled my name, but then they don't know who I am, so that'd be creepy. Um, Shut see, up! That's, so that's what I, uh, I think I want to explain to people is I'm not saying this is a good film, and that's the other thing. When I'm talking to, I don't want to say normal people, because it makes us sound like freaks, um, but when I'm talking to people that aren't as you know well-versed in film as we are, just you know, I wouldn't recommend a lot of these films that I declare so bad as good to them because they wouldn't get the appeal, and they just they give me weird, well, weird dirt lurks. So they already give me weird looks. But I think of the Clint material. How about a good example with Ginger Dead Man 3? Obviously, the Killer Crook movie that I've become synonymous with. That's a horrible film. That's not a good film. Even for what it is, it's a bad film for the most part. There's some, obviously, it's campy enough that I could easily see someone trying to argue, well, hey, this is its intention. It's fun. But all intents and purposes, it's a fun failure because it's not good. It's a Killer Cookie. It's just really weird. But I just, I, it's, it's just the whole like strangeness of it. Just is appealing in a way to me that I wouldn't recommend to most people. Hence the fun failure. But if people say, "Hey, it's a fun failure," if they're in that same boat that I am. Like you hear, maybe, "Oh, Killer Cookie," almost have to. You, you just want to see how bad this could be or what the hell this could be about. You just kind of get drawn to it, or like uh, Big and Harry, that Sasquatch basketball playing movie. That uh, I know <laughs> Emily, is the Deadly Doll herself, is actually gonna loan me a copy because I could have bought a copy and read up in the movie introductions. Just I to pass on it, went back thinking nobody besides me in this town is going to buy a movie called Big and Harry about a Sasquatch playing basketball. But apparently there's somebody, so there's another cinematic in this town, hopefully a woman, because then maybe, you know, I found my soulmate, uh, and they snatched it up. So uh, she's going to thankfully lend me a copy. So, but yeah, I mean, that would appeal. A lot of people would just scoff at that, like, you know, because it's going to probably be a bad film. It's a Sasquatch playing basketball. How the fuck can that be good? But there's kind of that inner, just like, I need to see how bad this is. And a lot of times you laugh at it, which sounds mean, but it's a film, so just deal with it. And that's when it becomes so bad it's good. It's bad by all intents and purposes, but you're enjoying it so much because it's bad that it almost becomes good. Like, you would probably watch it again, or if you had friends who liked to laugh at movies, you'd all get together and you'd, you'd laugh at it. So that's how something can be so bad it's good. And I think I'm going to just end this rather long diatribe that <laughs> could have just ended like three or four minutes ago. Mm. And congratulate you guys on reaching your year milestone. Yay. And hey, I'll be here when you guys reach your two year milestone. You're one hundred percent Yada yada yada. Keep up the good work. <laughs> <laughs> he could have said a couple of those yada yadas on the way there. <laughs> um That's all right. Thank you, Justin. The uh I you know the I'm I'm of the you know we, we you know we mentioned it with a movie before or earlier, you know, with certain bad elements of movies Boring is the cardinal sin for me. If, if if there's heart in the movie, a bad movie is still going to be entertaining. You know, if a movie's boring, that's when I don't care. But if if it's a shitty movie, I could still find stuff to be entertained by. It might be the wrong things. It might not be what the filmmaker intended. But, you know. Is there such a thing as uh, so bad it's good uh, feedback? <laughs> cree, cree. Um, Oh, oh. Just, Justin uh, of Freaking Awesome Network just released a book 
for anybody interested, um, anybody especially interested in the So Bad It's Good movie genre, but the um, his movie Nalia book, it's on lulu.com. You can get an ebook version of it or buy the uh, book outright. So I got my copy, and uh, I suggest you do too. So more voicemail from another familiar voice. Hey, you two. It's Emily. Um, I'm sorry I missed your pictures. I did that thing. I don't know if you ever did this, but I accidentally deleted I meant to delete an episode that I already listened to, and instead I think I deleted a whole... And that's it. She <laughs> she got cut off, and then she called back and apparently had the phone on mute because it was a silent 30-second voicemail, which I won't bother playing. So, But thank you, Emily. I'm, uh, I'm sorry you missed the 50th, too, but I appreciate the uh, the brief... And muted feedbacks. All right. We love you, Emily. More feedback. Hello, gentlemen. This is Jake McLarge-Huge leaving you a MP3 voicemail for your one-year anniversary of the Silver and Gold podcast. Silver. And, gosh, it feels just like yesterday that I woke up one morning. Funny. It feels like about five fucking years for me. Uh, yeah. Jumped on Facebook. Well, you mean this I episode? saw that the Loof <laughs> had posted an update saying that this new podcast was being put on the internet mm-hmm. for my ear holes. Like goose liver and turkey. Unfortunately, <laughs> I was not well aware of the situation at hand. I was not aware you guys were coming up with the podcast. The powers of the Loof and the powers of the Zah. In ah. this. Sudden excitement, this surprise, caused me to get a diamond heart erection and ripped a hole through my jeans. Nice. Well, I changed my jeans. I went on with my day. And then for the next year, on a weekly basis, I could depend on my weekly dose of shame and guilt. (laughs) And dad hatred, perpetual sadness. But I was laughing and I was learning and I was enjoying all this film conversation. I enjoyed all your guys' guest hosts on my show. I enjoyed all the episodes. And, you know, I'm no, I'm no Reverend Scott, you know, too. I mean, there's, I just, I just can't do that. But I've been listening to you guys for a long time. And I've been taking notes. Uh oh. And this is the fruit of my labor, the culmination of a year's worth of listening. And this is my gift just as much to the listeners as it is to you guys. So enjoy. I want a donut. Yeah, on the end of my dick. Cool. Thanks, friend. Uh, he. She's fucking hot. She's a whore, and she'll always be a whore. We were jacking each other off and stuff into each other's fucking mouths and crap. Yeah. I just farted. (laughs) Yeah. If you got washboard abs for every time you jacked off, (laughs) you could scrub a fucking comforter on my stomach. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad I shaved off my um, goatee. Because I'll be honest with you, I I I like the way it looks and everything. But if you're gonna eat fucking pussy, 
I don't know if it feels good, but it just it's so gross when you have to reach up and just wring it out. <laughs> and, you, and you can smell it later. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> jack, jack, jack. Jack and dongs, jack and dongs. Sarah J says, you want to slip your meat in my wet hole? <laughs> Which hole is it? It says, now you'll be able to. I'm getting my own fleshlight. That's one of Will's favorite people. I like I like, I should, I like fleshlights. I don't own one, man. but they look kind of cool. It's awesome because, I mean, it's just like, I'm like, fuck. I mean, ooh, I want to fucking punch her. I mean, not in a bad way. In a bad way. It was fucking, I'd like to at least slap her. <laughs> well, now she didn't look too bad in fear. No. Because she dropped a whore. And <laughs> she, she was like, she was like 18. <laughs> her butthole was hanging out. <laughs> yeah, but you're a cowboy. I am a cowboy. Uh, an abortion that has uh, some good stuff. I think like if I you like went, got a, your, your girlfriend got an abortion and you were sitting there, you're like, <laughs> but then inside you're like, <laughs> you know, she looks so funny laying there. And, oh, you know, oh, I thought. Which I guess even now I'm probably feeling the after effects of the Hormel canned chili. <laughs> uh, okay, now I would imagine that the dildo market probably is still good because you can't get online and, and just you know press a button and have a dildo in your hand. And this feed her baby food to keep her nice and thin. Um, the next thing I watched was a okay. Now this movie button pressing fucking monkey. <laughs> You're like an avatar or something. I don't know. Yeah, put some Hormel chili on that butt crack. Um, well, I don't care if you're in love or not. I'll be like, yeah, I'm tapping that ass. Maybe you're having sex with her? That's gay. Um, Slend in my ass. Yeah. Yeah. With the toy in my hand, just... It's a 12-year-old boy with a, le- with a leash around his <laughs> No, it's not. Huh? Sit down, David. I mean... Uh... Do you lick your lips and teeth and stuff like she does all the time? I, I know you do. I, I lick my own taint. Sleep night. <laughs> Anyway, you look your own paint. I didn't see that. That's Mikey looking your paint. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Stupid. This show is dumb. Here I go again. Oh. oh. <coughs> son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Peanut. I want to see him having sex with Gene Hackman. Wait, That's... isn't that the second time I've said that today? <laughs> we gotta, if you're going to be part of this show, you gotta you got to be ready. Fucking our ideas just come like this. Ideas coming out of our mouth and, and assholes and the end of our wieners. <laughs> Well, now that you mention it, I do want to see your balls on my bald head. <laughs> Fuck, it's on my face. Beard. Hard, hungry men <laughs> waiting for a nice, fat butthole. And I personally nominate that as the official tagline of the show. But that's just a humble opinion from yours truly. Now, I, I know what you're thinking. You know, oh my I God. painted you guys in a bad light. You know, really? I, I just found all the foul shit and I just put it all together. But, you know, we're talking about, you know, calling, you know, a bunch of, you know, out of context quotes from over a year's worth of shows, 52 episodes. And, oh, wait. Um, no, that was uh, six episodes. I got those from uh, six. It's probably not episodes. exaggerating at all. But you know what? That's okay. That's part of what I love about the show. That's part of the charm. And so without further ado, here is my rendition of the song that I was listening to when I made love for the first time. Oh, God. (laughs) When I made love to myself. I was making love to myself. Uh, So 
here it goes. Did he say <laughs> <"Buffalo?"> <laughs> For I can't help falling in your asshole. <laughs> mm. Nice. Okay. That is all you're getting. This is almost a nine-minute bit of feedback. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Here's to another year more. You motherfucker. You son of a bitch. Oh, that was awesome. You know what's sad is he apologized for it being a nine-minute voicemail, and only on this show did we have yet another nine-minute voicemail right before it. Uh, Sit down, David. Um. That was a classic. (laughs) That was good shit. Good shit. I'm going to have to save that one. Made me laugh. I'll play that again next year when nobody calls us for two years. Eh, whatever. All right. We got one more voicemail from a first-time caller who I coerced into calling us late last night. It's nine minutes long? Nope. Here we go. Yeah. Hi, this is Karen Phillip. We were just calling to wish Zom and Liv happy first birthday. Congratulations. And we wanted to sing you... A happy birthday song, okay? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Zom and Happy birthday to you. Yay! Happy birthday, guys, and thank you so much for bringing us joy every week. And more movie knowledge than we could ever hope for. And and boobs. Lots of boobs. Yeah, we like that. Love you guys. Bye. Awesome. Who was that? Uh, Kara and Philip, they uh, they work at the theater with me. Oh, so. so you forced them to do that? Well, I told her I told her we were recording today and that she should call in. She's yeah. never called in before, but I do. They do listen to the show, so yay! yay. 
You motherfuckers. You sons of bitches. Uh, so that's it for feedback. Yay! Yay. And that's it for the one-year anniversary show. Yay! <laughs> um, <laughs> so next week on the show... Oh, I can lift this computer chair. I'm strong. <laughs> Shit. I dropped it on my gut. So uh, we had one idea, but we've kind of veered off course a little bit. Because so somebody made us feel guilty. Yes. Fucking heaven's trash. Um, trash. He requested a couple flicks. Uh, Two weeks ago, <laughs> um, we have uh, two Korea, South Korean films. The, this is going to be a Hakun Shin double feature. Um, we're doing a film called Save the Green Planet from Yay. 2003. I've never seen either of these, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, these, and like I said, these are for Heaven's Trash. He, he, put, he put these in. And we're doing... No Mercy for the Rude from 2006. Um, the fucking description of this one just is blowing me away. A mute hitman vows to kill only the rude and save up enough money for tongue surgery. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, so uh, Jake McLarge, huge, has actually covered this on his show. I put a link to it, uh, Podcast Without Honor Humanity. And thank you, Jake, again for that awesome uh, – Awesome feedback, but yeah, check out podcast about our humanity. And um, again, thank you, Justin, for calling in. Uh, freaking awesome network and movie Nalia book. And thanks, Emily, for calling in too. You can check her out at deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com. And we also played her promo for Gleecast. I'm not sure if they're recording right now, but and uh, girls on film if they ever record again too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's next week. Uh, you can always send us feedback at 206-339-1600 or send us an MP3 or an email to silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, check out our, our, our website, silverandgold.com. Uh, we're also on iTunes, and we would love some more iTunes reviews. If you hear this and you have iTunes and you use it, Please go give us a nice review. We'd love it. Um, and our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash silver and gold. Slash. 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 Now it's about time to go do some shit and eat some shit and eat some more shit and go to sleep. Go get that friggin' wool cut. Awesome. So, Zom, do you have anything else, sir? Happy anniversary to you, my good man. I uh, well, thank you very much. You know, it's been a pleasure doing the show. It has been. Uh, I have enjoyed the last year quite a bit. I, uh, I, you know, it's cool making making a making a time in my week where this is going to be my thing. Yeah, um, you know, and we're going to try to keep try to keep rolling. Hopefully, with my schedule change, nothing is going to be interrupted too much. Um, but yeah, we. Uh, we love all you guys that listen and uh, appreciate it. Well, well, we don't love all of you, but we the ones we don't love are usually get blocked, and that's just by me. So, <laughs> we if you're on if you're on our there. group and you notice that like and you're like, wonder why Loaf's on there all the time, but that Zom he's never on here. It's probably because <laughs> I don't like you and I have blocked you. <laughs> so go fuck yourself, you motherfucker, you sons of bitches, you yeah. motherfuckers. Until next week, motherfuckers. This is Loaf Out. Iran number one.
Bye. Thank you.